Blog Talk Radio. that he has been told that in May, next May, 
that that fight can happen as long as he gets through uh, his opponent on January. So we'll talk a little bit about, like I said, a variety of news out there. Um, oh, and then, of course, there is a Spence Crawford update. You know, I'm going to do my due diligence. We talked about the Coppinger, um, you know, uh, report a, a little while back. Uh, kind of breezed by, but yet, you know, reported some stuff uh, from a variety of sources beyond that. Um, and now Keith Eidick has a story at Boxing to take a look at, but we will not make um, some sort of final conclusion <laughs> once again. Until I hear, until these negotiations break down and we know the fight's not happening, and then the fighters come out and speak. You know, we had little hints from the teams, and even Spence today tweeted something. I'm not going to make any kind of final, you know, proclamation on it. You know, I know a lot of people like to run with that. A lot of that comes down to fanboy stuff or anti this, anti that, pro this, pro that. But I'll just give my thoughts on the report and move on from there. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that subject. Um, However, if this is your – and, you know, it's a light weekend this weekend considering – there's actually a fight going on on uh, zone. Actually, I think it's on – is it on Golden Boy YouTube as well? I believe so. I'm going to watch that a little later tonight, I believe, if I have the time. But either way, there are some show boxes got a card. There are some cards, but it's light, so we won't have a long preview and prediction segment. However, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open, download the show directly there, or listen to it in the browser. You can find this here, Rope Dope Radio platform um, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon Music, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of other places as well. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to GroomTruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have cut the cord you're not happy i got something for you it's called direct tv stream it's the best of live tv and on demand there's no annual contracts no hidden fees you can do enjoy regional sports networks and if you decide on the choice or ultimate package that gives you three free months of showtime stars cinemax and epics that's 160 dollar value there and for a limited time only the prices start as low as 49.99 or two months. That's direct TV stream. Okay, so um, here's the deal. Let's start. Let's start with the uh, the double header, right? The ladies' night. Um, I wish I had the queued up. This is ladies' night. Okay. Anyway, um, it, you know, we knew it was a great double header to begin with. Uh, the fights were evenly matched. Sure, Baumgartner was uh, what a two to one, <clears throat> two thirty or something like that. <clears throat> I got it for uh, plus two hundred, but it was still, you know, on paper a really competitive fight. Different style clashes as far as you know between them, and they actually kind of they were able to both do something a little different uh, than what a lot of us thought coming into this fight. Um, and then, of course, the the main event with Shields and Marshall once again Styles uh, clashing there. So just a a really interesting night. And as far as the main event goes, um, you know, 
I did have Shields winning comfortably. Um, I'm not going to sit there and dominate it, won every round or, or, or nothing like that. You know, I'm not saying that, but um, she really, I mean, she got off to such a great start in the first four rounds, something like that. The, the third round was really close, but I mean, she was letting Shield, or sorry, Marshall have it for three out of the first four rounds, clearly. Um, then, like I said, the fight tightened up in the fifth, and especially, I would probably say, probably say like the sixth round um, was was Marshall's best round at that time. I think she, that was the first time she hit 20 punches. I think I have it in my notes here. Yeah, 21 of 40 total punches compared to 13 of 45 in that round. Um, and it was competitive a lot of the fight, you know what I mean? The last two rounds are very competitive. Um, Overall, uh, Shields landed 175 to 136. She threw more punches, 480 at a higher percentage, 360 uh, to three. Uh, actually, th- 360. What the hell am I talking about? Three. Oh, it says three 36.5 um, to 34. So that's a high rate for both of them. Um, the body work, 33 to 14. That was, you know, an advantage there. Most of those were power shots by both of them. Um, Clarissa, you know landed a better jab as well. I just thought that, you know, it took a little while for Marshall to get into the fight. Like I said, I think it was the uh, the, the sixth, fifth round is where she really got into it. And then that sixth round, I thought she had a really great round. And I'm not saying that's the only two rounds and that's it. I'm just saying that Marshall would do good work and she would land punches, but most of the time Shields would let her have it with better shots. Like, on average. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what I got out of the fight. Um, it was very competitive. And like I said, the styles clashed. And Marshall showed a lot of heart keep coming forward and forward. But the, the counter shots, the hooks, the overhand right, the jab, the movement, the angles, um, it just seemed like in a lot of exchanges throughout the fight, not every round, not, you know, but it just seemed like Shields got the better of. Uh, the hand speed was there. The accuracy, like I said, both of them are very accurate, though, according to CompuBox. But it was a fun fight to watch. I mean, they were really letting their hands go, and they were landing with accuracy, no doubt about it. But, yeah, overall, I had Shields winning, you know, whether that's 6-4 or 7-3 or whatever. Um, I thought it was a much cleaner win, let's put it that way, than the co-feature. Um, I just, that's just how I saw it. The better punching, the cleaner punching, the harder punchers punches was Shields' way. Um, but like I said, really, really fun fight to watch. Uh, and they, they gave it their all. And um, I just think that, you know, it, it was uh, a clear decision uh, going, going her way. Um, and what was it? It was like two of the scorecards had it 97-93 and one of them had it 96-94. You know, I was probably on the 97-93, maybe 96-94. You know, anywhere in there. Like I said, 6-4-7-3. I was fine uh, with that. Um, I just thought Shields, you know, showed her level above uh, Marshall. And, and like I said, Marshall fought really well. You know, uh, I'm not trying to take anything away from um, as far as the co-feature goes, Baumgartner and Mayer took about four rounds 
I think it was the fourth round where Mare really started to be able to land cleanly. But the first three rounds, not to say that, you know, Michaela didn't land anything or nothing like that. But to me, Baumgartner won the first three rounds. Um, she was landing her jab better. Um, and actually, she, uh, Baumgartner would was pushing the pace a little bit, like actually doing these little mini attacks to her and then getting out rather than uh, Mare starting, you know, off the back, coming forward on the front foot, really trying to push the fight. Now, she ultimately started doing that, but it took her a while, and I thought, man, if, if this is how the fight's going to go, and in some rounds it did, Baumgartner was showing, like, these little mini attacks, whether it was a left hook later in the fight or early in later, she went to the body, those right hands, both of them had a good jab the whole, the whole time almost, but... um I just thought that she, the movement, the angles, it definitely was, was troubling a bit, Mare, uh, as far as being able to land something significant. Um, so, yeah, the first three rounds I gave to Baumgartner. Uh, the second part of that third round, there was some good exchanges. I think there was a, um, a left hook that kind of sealed the deal for Baumgartner in the third round, in my opinion. And then Mare really went on a nice run. I had her win in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Uh, she started landing that jab, and she started to press the fight more um, instead of, like, just kind of be in between. She was kind of stuck in between in the pocket getting hit and not landing her stuff. Well, that all changed, and it started with the jab. She landed some really nice left hooks, no doubt. But that right hand, and, and I think late in that round, it was a right hand-left hook combo that landed pretty good. And I thought, okay, she's back in this fight. And the fifth round was competitive. There was competitive rounds, no doubt about it. But the jab right hand, just a solid landing jab. Or lead right hands, too. I saw her kind of mix that in. Um, the sixth round was a tad slower. A um, little bit more uh, body work in that round uh, from Michaela along with that jab. So I thought, okay, we're 3-3 three, three, halfway through. Then I gave a bomb gardener who started with her jab early then started kind of winging kind of an overhead, overhand right and then her left hooks. I think that's the round uh, Mare got cut. There was a late counter right hand that clearly separated her in that one. I gave Baumgartner the eighth as well. Very close round, though. Very close. I think the like the first minute, um, I'd say she won the clean shot. A uh, couple of good exchanges in the last minute that made it close, though. So it was kind of like, hmm, you know, maybe I'd go back and watch that round again. And the ninth round was really, really close. You know, early and late, uh, hooks to the head and body, plus a, a little bit, a couple uppercuts in there, I think two or three, maybe two, um, by Bob Gardner. But then uh, Michaela midway started landing her jab and right hand. That was pretty much what she landed in that round. But she made it really competitive where, you know, that's probably the closest round for me just watching it one time through. Um, and then, you know, both were jabbing in the last round, um, left hooks to the body, a, a few of them, and then a late overhand right by Baumgartner won that round for me. Um, Mayer was, you know, jabbing and using her right hand, but it wasn't enough, in my opinion, to win the round. It was a split decision. Uh, 97-93 for Michaela, and then the two cards, 96-95, 96, was it 96-95 as well? Or was it 94? I can't remember. 
think it was 95, um, in favor of uh, Baumgartner. So she got the job done. Um, I mean, it was competitive as hell, though. 110 to 100 in favor of Baumgartner for Lambs. So you know they were right there. Um, and Michaela threw, like, probably 20 more punches, 25 more punches. They both landed at a high percentage. Uh, Mare at 29 and 34%. Uh, and jabs were Michaela power shots favored as far as lands on both of those favored uh, Baumgartner. So it was a it was a good fight, good competitive fight. It didn't quite um, break out as crazy as the uh, the main event, but it is a it was a different style matchup. You know what I mean? So would I like to see a rematch? Yeah, I would. I, I have heard uh, Baumgartner say she's going to try to un- you know. Undispute, I guess you could say, the division, um, and then maybe come back to her at some point. It is what it is. I, I get it if she is going to fight a, you know, an important fight in the division or whatever. That's cool, but I definitely would like to see a rematch at some point because I think it's worth it. I think it was competitive enough for sure. Um, but there were a fair amount of people on good old boxing Twitter that really kind of overreacted to this decision. I mean, it was a split decision. Um, and maybe because it was 97-93 for the one card that did go to Mare, maybe that kind of stands out. But I don't know. Like, I thought I'd have been fine with the draw. I, I got to admit, though, I don't see six rounds, or especially seven rounds. I don't really see seven rounds for either of them. But I definitely don't see six or seven rounds, in my opinion, for McKay. I don't I don't see a six four to fight. You know, maybe I don't know, maybe five four one or something like that. I, I'd have been fine with five four one either way. I guess Bob Gardner I, I thought won the fight, but or a draw. I mean I had a draw. I wouldn't have been pulling my hair out. Um but yeah I just didn't see Michaela winning the fight. Um now in those first three rounds had she pushed the way she did in the middle rounds and some down the stretch, then we'd be talking about a different fight, but it took like three rounds for her to really do her thing. Um, And, you know, maybe that would be different in a rematch, and she would know, okay, this is what I got to do the whole time. But you kind of knew she had to do the crowder and land punches and just keep throwing at her uh, to make her think about stuff. Because, you know, that the, the fight that everybody pointed to, you know, against Alicia was, was the fight that she lost, and, and a lot of it was pressure. A lot of it was just getting on the inside and, and roughing her up, and, and that type of thing. And and Mayor has shown some of that as far as being the aggressor, as far as working the body and whatnot. Um, uh, at times, a very skillful fight, uh, just a fun fight. I thought it was very competitive. But yeah, I don't. The Michaela seven three. I, I mean, the fighter's going to say what the fighter's going to say. I think there is a quote out there. We'll read it in a little bit. That. You know, she thought she won seven rounds or something. And, you know, it's, it's a fighter talking, dude. So, of course, they're going to be biased, you know. Uh, but I didn't see seven or three for, for either fight, to be fair with that. So, all in all, though, that was, like, as far as high-profile, important fights, that was, we already knew going in, that was going to be the card of importance of the weekend. And I thought both fights, on some levels, lived up to the hype. Um and they played out differently, but you got two different, you know, type of fights and four different 
styles there too. So I really liked what I saw there. Um, and, you know, I see John in the fold here. I'm going to bring him in too and kind of walk through this weekend. Um, so I'll, I kind of just did that. We'll save the Haney Cambosis and what's next for Haney and all that. And can he make 135 and get healthy? I mean, he looked really bad on the scales. I mean, really bad. Now, like I said, it didn't necessarily show up on fight night. Um, and to give credit to Gambosis, he did make it a little bit closer at times, made him work for a little bit more. Then, of course, we'll talk about the, you know, nasty KOs from Plant, and we'll address the conspiracy theories out there as far as, you know, Hellenius taking a dive as if, you know, the punch barely landed and, and, and whatnot. There's a couple of, uh, like, I get it. Sometimes, um, you know, delayed reactions can can set people off, you know. Um, like, you know, someone lands a good punch and then, like, a couple seconds later that they take a knee or something like that, and, and sometimes people freak out about that. Um, just some of the the items that, that the reasons why people are saying it's fake, it's kind of like, well, he wasn't even on, you know, on balance. It's like, well, first of all, his opponent wasn't on balance, right? Deontay Wilder <laughs> in a fight, like he's off balance a decent amount of time throughout the whole, uh, throughout all his fights. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I understand it though. I get it. I get, I get the, cons- I don't get the conspiracy theory. Like I say, this is a 100%, I don't need any facts. I'm just going to say it was a bullshit fight, right? It was fixed. That I don't, I don't agree with, right? But I, I understand at times, um, like people are comparing it to, you know, his current trainer, Malik Scott, that punch where something grazed and he went down and he was like, I'm good. To me, that, that wasn't the, that wasn't the thing. So you know, we're going to discuss that a little bit, though. And then, of course, Caleb Plant, the little mini hesitation in the left hook to the head. I mean, Darrell did not see it coming. That shit was nasty. I mean, me and my nephew were just like, whoa, like we were we were kind of in shock when that happened. Um, so we're going to get into all this. We're going to kind of work our way through this, and we'll talk a little bit about some other stuff down the line. But I'm going to go ahead and bring in John to the fold. Bring him in. Let's unmute him. What's going on, John? How you doing? Hey, Chris. Uh, great to be here, uh, as always, and definitely can tie in with what you were already saying. Um, definitely a definitely a, a packed and entertaining weekend of boxing. Uh, there there was a lot of entertainment value, like you already uh, profiled the, the two women's fights, uh, Bumgarner, Mayer and Shields, and Marshall, uh, you know, th- those were good, entertaining, uh, competitive fights. Uh, I pretty much saw the uh, mayor Bumgarner fight like you did. Um, I had it a draw, um, but, you know, one round I gave to Mayer that really I felt could have gone either way. So, uh, to me, the 96-94 Bumgarner wasn't at a line. But I thought it was a 95-95. I thought that was a fight that a, a draw would have been probably the most fair outcome. But I agree with you. Um, even though I picked uh, Michaela Mayer to win the fight going in, um, I didn't see a case for her winning the fight. 
and you know she's talking about that uh, herself. I saw it exactly the way you did in the sense that I didn't give Bumgarner the first three, but I gave her the first two, and then I thought Michaela Mayer came on strong, was fighting kind of the way she usually fights, like the way you saw it. I thought she did even sting Bumgarner a couple times, but mm-hmm. Bumgarner kind of got back on her game and, um, you know, didn't have a real high volume, but still was punching with the authority she usually does, and, and that was the best I've ever seen her box. And she did do that really well pretty much throughout the fight, uh, even though her volume wasn't really uh, any higher. Um, which works somewhat against her. But Michaela Mayer didn't have her normal volume, as you pointed out. I totally agree. In the first couple rounds of the fight and then down the stretch. And I think that was partially she started out. She seemed to have caution about Bumgarner's power. And then I thought Bumgarner stung her a couple of times when she was coming on. And she just seemed to me to be more cautious after that. the only thing I'd add on there was something, of course, that was there going in, but it, it kind of didn't register in my mind, almost should have to me, because I've been familiar with Michaela Mayer's career for a long time, even going back to the amateurs. But you know, even though it's only four years age difference, you know, she was 32, you know, 130 pounder. Um, you know, he hasn't been pro that long or anything, but I, I almost looked in that fight too and, it looked to me almost like she she could have almost been uh, heading down the slope just slightly. You know, Bumgarner, you know, looked looked a little quicker, looked a little fresher at some different points in the fight, and you know, part part of that's the abilities. But still, I I think I've seen Michaela Mayer look better. I know I have. I mean, and that part part of that is the opponent, but I don't know. It, it seems to me like she might have just started to slipping just just a touch and uh you know as you pointed out bumgarner saying there's not going to be a rematch but i don't know if a rematch would automatically be that good for michaela mayer in that one and then just tying in with what you said said with the shields um marshall i i basically agreed uh, i i did agree that i i thought shields pretty much dominated the fight uh i i didn't see this close fight for Marshall thing. See, to me, I couldn't see that one six, six four in rounds. Uh, Marshall, I couldn't give Marshall four rounds on that. Um, as was pointed out, I agree. I mean, if, if there was just anything, it was once in a while that Shields looked bad being against the ropes. Marshall was certainly trying. I didn't fault her effort or anything, and a lot of respect for her abilities and power going in. And Shields did say after the fight that she did get stung by Bumgarner once. Um, and I'm going to, of course, believe Clarissa Shields because she was in the in the ring with her and would have no reason to, to say that if it wasn't the case. But it wasn't something you really saw watching the 10 rounds live uh, from a outside of the ring perspective. I, I just thought Shields was dominant. As you said, she was catching her with the real clean counters, real clean shots, but Shields doesn't have any pop. And, you know, as you were watching that fight, at least for me, I was looking at a lot of those shots that Shields was teeing off on Marshall with and saying to myself, you know, Shields had any kind of power, Marshall might have been out of there um, because she was hitting her clean a lot of times, especially she was turning it on in the latter parts of the rounds. There was definitely a pattern in her doing that, but I thought she really dominated the action. 
I thought Marshall was trying, but she was missing. And at least from what you could see watching the fight, it, she didn't really seem to have too much effect on Shields. So uh, I thought that was a pretty dominant performance by Shields. And just have to say for Marshall, in fairness, I mean, at least the way I saw it, maybe she just, just didn't look as good as she had because she was in there with Clarissa Shields. But I, but I thought she was trying. I mean, there was effort there. It wasn't that. But I didn't. Uh, again, it might have been because she was in with Calissa Shields, but I, I just didn't think she looked all that great, and I thought Shields really dominated that fight. Um, I, I didn't I didn't see the people trying to say that one being close, and I don't see in the Mayor Bumgarner. I don't see the I'm with you. I don't, I don't see the case for Mayor winning, and apparently, you know, reports were that on the UK feed that they were, you know, the commentators were saying Mayor was way up, and it was a terrible decision. Right. And you yep. didn't People saying robbery, and like I said, I, I picked yeah. Mayer going in, and I just I couldn't see that. I mean, I just couldn't. And see I would have been I mean, good with the draw too. I'd have been just fine. I'd have been like, all yeah. right, that's fine, you know. I thought a draw would have been appropriate, but with that one round that I really just barely gave to Mayer, um, I can't I can't fault somebody like you had it. I think ninety six, ninety four, Bumgarner. I can't fault that at all. I think that's within reason, but. I really actually didn't even see like a 96, 94 mayor. I, you know, when it's that close, sometimes it's hard to say that, but I, I didn't see that. I, I didn't sure. see her. Yeah. I didn't see her taking six rounds of that one. So uh, yeah, then we, we go on to, uh, we, I think we could probably move on to the, the PBC action uh, that we got into in the evening in the, the U S uh, we started out with FS one and um, you know, I, I thought we got out, to some somewhat of a good start there, um, even in the, in that portion of things, uh, you know that Rivera Perez fight. At, at early on, I was thinking, well, Rivera's maybe to me not looking as good again in another fight, but you know, R- Rivera. I mean, um, Perez really came to fight. I mean, he was motivated, yeah, yeah. even though he was losing. That was good matchmaking, I and mean, that was one of those deals. And then I, I always take a, take a lot of knowledge listening to Emmanuel Stewart over the years, Boxing Genius, and, and a lot also from Gil Clancy. And I remember Gil Clancy saying sometimes that sometimes you have to evaluate what version of the opponent shows up, you know what I mean? And and to me, that this was one of those. That happens not that much, but once in a while. Like, in other words, as that fight closed out, I ended up thinking, no, this is good for Rivera and a good performance because this, this version of Perez that was in there Saturday night could give a lot of guys a fight. In other words, like Gil Clancy would be saying, you don't, you're not, you, know, you may not be getting that version every time, but uh, the version that showed up Saturday night was a tough customer, and you know Rivera, Rivera really had to work for it, and ended up probably in the end being a pretty good performance because he was hurting Perez at the end, dropped him in the last round, but but that was a really good version of Perez that showed up really motivated and. I don't think Rivera expected that going in, but probably ended up being somewhat good for him in terms of re- really tough fight. He ended up having to survive, even though he was winning the rounds. It wasn't. It was one of those fights where it wasn't that Perez was winning the rounds, but he was competitive every round and he was firing with bad intentions back. And it ended up being a really good fight. And uh, then we got the heavyweight uh, matchup be- between Hovenetian, uh, Big Goog, and Michael Coffey, who showed up 20 pounds at least overweight for the fight, 
And kind of a shame because then in the fight itself, he wasn't fighting that bad. Um, again, you know, Hovanesian was winning the rounds, but, but there was some competitiveness there. But, you know, Coffee was just so ill-prepared for the fight and just that cliche it does apply. Too. Yeah, and, and that cliche does apply a lot of times. They, they, he didn't give himself the best chance to win. I mean, sometimes it just does fit. That was one of those fights. If he would have showed up at two, even even you know two seventy five and under, um, you know he might have been in there, had a chance to turn the career back around, but he didn't give himself that chance. And and I'm not faulting Hovenetian. He's only twenty four, even though he was no. taking some shots. Uh, he looked. He looked. I agree with everybody else, guy. Looks like he's got some offensive talent. He's six seven, um, you know, trained by Joe Goosen, and uh, I'd um, be the first. You know, I, I said it that night. Say it again. Um, there, there's definitely a need for some American-based heavyweights. You know, in other words, even if they're not a Americans, if they're going to base themselves here, get familiar with the U.S. audience. There's there's plenty of room for that. Um, so good good to see when PBC brings some guys like that over um, and, he, and if top rank did it too fine, but I've been saying, you know, PBC, you see him bringing a guy like that in here and there. Um, it's definitely needed. So I look forward to seeing um, Hovanesian again, um, you know, entertaining, entertaining U uh, S spotlight. So those were two good fights on FS one. And then, you know, even though Vito Milnecki's a Jersey guy and, uh, you know, I like him more than, than some people who were kind of meh on him. Uh, you know, that, he, he was fighting. That was kind of like, like you were saying with him and Spencer getting these spots at the level they're getting them. If they're going to get them, they, they probably need to entertain. And, you know, I think you're right about that. You know, they're not fighting. I mean, a little little different with Spencer with Salgado. That, Salgado, pretty tough opponent. I mean, you know, Spencer, people don't like him, but he is he's moving forward in terms of, you know, that. That wasn't an entertaining performance he had against him, but that was a pretty live opponent. I mean, Neil Mecky here, yeah. you know, this was somebody that Spencer already highlight reeled. Um, I'm saying this is like instructive criticism because this is kind of what he started doing to me going into that Martin fight when he got upset. He just starts jabbing and just only going with the, the straight right, and he doesn't do anything else. And, you know, it starts getting real predictable, and there's no variety there you know, the opponents know what's coming and um he fell back into that. And and Chris, maybe you could even shed some light or maybe you've seen something because I if I'm if I'm if I heard this wrong, it it's definitely still unclear what his situation is. You know, remember Neil Mickey was with his amateur guys in Jersey who then took him straight through to the pros. He left them, he went to Goosen. Then then he went he went back to training in Jersey. Then I'm I'm thinking, am I imagining this thing, or was this said? And then, obviously, Joe Goosen was announced and not training them. I thought there was something said that he was going back, Goosen or something. And then I'm looking in his corner Saturday night, you know, Goosen's announcing. And even if I'm wrong about that, there's still something there. Like, I, I, don't, know who he, I don't know who he's got now. I mean, I don't know who was in there training him. You know, I know his dad's heavily involved. Um, right. But, you know, he, he's not his yeah, trainer. Yeah, I can't but, shed light on it, but that's a good – that's a good call. Now that I think about it, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. He has been all over the place lately. He, he's been all. He's only twenty, but he's been all over the place. And then there was supposed to be another. I remember something's in my mind about that. I mean, 
I'm like, I imagine that he was going, I thought it was that he was going back to Goosen and then I'm seeing Goosen announcing. And like I said, if somebody's listening and says, Hey, I'm wrong about that. Fine. I'm wrong. I'm not Googling it or anything. Um, right. Didn't get a chance to, before I came on, but it was on my mind. I wanted to make the point because even if he wasn't supposed to go back to Goosen, I don't know who, I don't know who was in with the, there with him Saturday. You know, I don't know who was in there with him taking the lead Saturday. So He's had a lot of he's and, and that's not you know his, at least in the lead that's not his but that's not his guys that started out with him who had him in the amateurs in Jersey so at least in the lead in the corner either so you know something's you know something shifting and like he's he's gonna have to I and mean, he's only twenty years old and I'm with everybody on that but this was there was a little bit of regression there and like you pointed out with Spencer you know. Here, this was an FS1 spot, but he's the FS1 undercard headliner. These are good spots. I mean, people are seeing you, um, you know, and, and and he seemed to be content that he just, you know, was jabbing and boxing this guy. And I was just thinking, Vito, this wasn't the spot for that. I mean, you know, you can bounce back from it. You're only 20. It's still just working your way up, ups and downs. But you get one of these headlining spots. Let's uh, at that level of opponent, at the very least, you know, I, I, you got you got to entertain. You know, you got entertained. So, you know, there there were two entertaining fights before that, and and I, I didn't. And you know, he's fighting. He's from uh, Jersey. He's fighting in Barclays in Brooklyn. So that's you know basically hometown crowd spot and everything. So you know, you want to take advantage of those type things. So I think that's a constructive criticism to me for him in the next spot because you know Heyman's going to keep. And and hey, these guys have for this era they've gotten some numbers. So. No fault with it, but you know, out Heyman and PBC, they're they're gonna they're gonna give them these spots. So, you know, as as long as these guys are viable, so take advantage. That's what I'm just saying. You get next time one of these comes up down the road, next year or whatever, uh, take adva- take advantage. So uh, that that let us in. Then, like you said, uh, we had the big knockouts in the, uh, the main card with uh, Plant and. Um, while they're both getting highlight real KOs. Um, well, first I'd like to hear Chris. What were your thoughts on the um, What were your thoughts on the FS1 part of the PBC card? Yeah, I'm basically right where you were. I did think that uh, Melanecki's been a little up and down, and like you said, falling back into certain habits, um, not disguising much. I, I thought that was, you know, I thought that basically right on board with what you were saying. Um, and I got to admit, like, I had a TV on, and I was also watching college football, and I was also with a handful of people. So I was watching it, but I wasn't, like, all the way glued into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you weren't, like, um, doing the break. Then. I know how that, that happens right. sometimes. Yep. Right. So but, I, I did so I can have feel, uh, I, Go ahead. I was going to say, I, that's how that goes. Sometimes I'll be in your shoes on, on a different fight. And, yeah, so I can fill you in there. Yeah, that, that Perez, Rivera, surprisingly good. And Hovanetian, um, Coffee didn't give himself the best chance to win. And I can't really argue with that thing getting waved off. But it, it actually was entertaining while it lasted. And you saw enough there where it's it's too bad Coffee didn't give himself the best chance. And then, you know, yeah, Matthew, yeah. Exactly. Well, and then Milnecki, you know, he's young. He, he can be back in one of these headlining spots, adjusted. He's still only 20, but falling back into some bad habits. And that, it, even though he's only 20, that, that training situation might be just too fluid now. You know, 
going to have to get something figured out and, and kind of maybe stick with it for a while and, and, you know, develop with somebody and uh, get that, get that part figured out. But then, uh, yeah, going then to the main card. um, Well, also uh, James Evans scored a pretty, uh, pretty significant upset over uh, that Cuban uh, uh, Um, I think I didn't see you. That is big. I didn't see that. And I didn't, I was, I got to admit, I was not aware of that. I'm surprised more wasn't said. Um, yeah, because he, he, Brazone had looked pretty good to me. So, um, yeah, earlier uh, this year to kick off the year, it was a really fun fight with him and, uh, that Pero, uh, yeah. you know, with the two unbeaten Cuban prospects. So yeah, I was, you know, that and, was a great fight. we talked about how they signed both of them and we're like, all right, right. cool. Let's, you know, that's pretty cool. And, yeah. uh, he had he kept active. This is his third fight this year. But yeah, James Evans beat him TKO in the third round. He was he was uh, he was down or he was down on the cards. But I believe the I think it was the round before um, Evans was hurt. And in in I think I think that's what I think he was hurt in the second round, if I remember correctly. And um, Evans came up with a big win. And I remember someone tweeting saying. Uh, he had a win over uh, Milton, uh, Jeremiah Milton, the amateurs, and he someone okay. was saying that they would love to see that run back in the pros and whatnot. But yeah, that that's that one kind of stood out to me. I also think, um, oh, was it uh, Michael Angeletti or something like? That? I think yeah, yeah, Michael Angeletti. I think Adorno. Yep, I remember uh, you know stopping him. I believe. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing that. Like I said, I don't have notes of these. I just kind of remember off the top of my head watching. Yeah, and that's right. I, I didn't. Um, now those two, I didn't see, but I did. I, I knew about the. Uh, I knew about the Adorno losing, but I did not know about the Brazone. And and I did like him even in that fight with with the two uh, Cuban prospects. That was a great fight, and both showed a lot. Um, looked like a good move of PBC bringing those those two guys in, but uh, didn't know about that. But then yeah, Frank Sanchez on the main card was. Tr- Goosen did have him trying to be more aggressive. I like that, and and um, you know Negron, even though he's you know he's had some KO losses, but not really making excuses for the matchmaking that and Sanchez that you know what the guy has some good moments and and he he was in that mode again. That's kind of that Gil Clancy thing, like you know the the the, right. the, the version of Negron that showed up, which that happens sometimes, and that's why he keeps getting used is. Uh, you know, a, the difficult version of Negron showed up where, you know, he, he can be a pretty tough guy to fight. Um, got some skills, you know, uh, some size. And, they, you know, he, he came to fight. Um, so it, it took Sanchez a while, and Sanchez has had problems in some fights with being boring. But he, he was pressing a bit more aggressively in this one and, and did land some big yep. power shots to get it waved off. So, Probably from where Frank Sanchez was coming from, uh, probably good. He's he moved into transnationals top ten this week. Um, he's he was in the rings at ten. He's at transnational at ten. So moving into the legit top tens. Um, and you know you really look at it. It gets knocked, but you know you you can make a case that heavyweights pretty solid right now when you really start looking at the ten guys. Sure that are legitimately ranked, you know, the ring with uh, 
transnational. You know, not the alphabet stuff, but uh, and you know, Sanchez has has joined the club. Yeah, you can line up good fights, uh, you know, yeah. on that second tier or whatever, or guys still you coming can. up like Sanchez. Yeah, you can. That that would be intriguing and and entertaining. So, you know, heavyweight gets knocked a lot, but um, you really look at it. When you look at the the true one for ten, Fury is the to me the real champ. I got to say that because, like I right. said, even with Asher and Thuring, with that, I can't. I just, I mean, he, yeah, yeah. terrible fight, but but Fury, he's going to fight again this year. This will be his second fight this year. He's obviously not retired, so you got you got to beat him in the ring to take the title. Um, so, but there's ten guys then below him that are good. Um, or you know, a lot a lot of those ten are. Are good so, and that's what we can get into that a little bit later. But that's that's what to me makes the Chersora fight even more of a waste is that, you know, e- even if you're looking at some guys maybe more the bottom part of the top ten, there's some guys there. You know, like we're talking about Sanchez, right? Yeah, he just fought, but you know, even though Fury and Valine fought, I mean, Valine's a competent fighter who gave Fury a tough fight the first time. Um, you I know, really want him to get a big fight here soon. I really me do. too. I think he would that, upset White. Yeah, he was the underdog. Yeah. I think he would upset White. Now White's going to fight Franklin or something. I don't think too much of Franklin. Um, you know, so Volley's yeah, not yeah. going to get get a crack at that again. But before I get too much into the other stuff, so then you had Sanchez, then Plant. Well, yeah, now, and, I, and I'll give my take on that. Carlos Negron, I thought, in the first four rounds, like you said, was competitive. He was landed to the body and head. There was two-way stuff. Definitely won a round or two. I had his jab and right hands, I thought he won the third round cleanly. The second round was, was close. Um, and, you know, it was mostly jabs, then a few right hands through the first four rounds, I'd say, from Frank Sanchez. Then I thought in the fifth and sixth, John, that's when he started creating some of that separation, you know, as far as punches landed and clean punches landed. Um, and then I liked how he added the left hook, not just with the right hand, but the left hook as well. Um, and, of course, a jab, clean right hand. Um, it was like a nice left hook, overhand right to, like you said, force that stoppage because that's sometimes the, you know, the the whole thing on him too. It's like, dude, you know, you're landing these clean punches. You got a guy that's, you know, maybe you could get him out. Go for it. You know, and I did like that. So I, I was impressed with that um, to an extent, of course, you know, we're not trying to be like, oh, Sanchez is – no one can beat Sanchez, you know, nothing like that. But, uh, right. but I, you know, if we're going to criticize somebody, then you got to say, all right, well, I did see a little bit more out of it. And, I, and there's a, a buddy of mine that just loves the heavyweight division, and he was really happy. Uh, I talked to him uh, this week that Frank Sanchez actually stepped up and, and really let his hands go at the end, for him anyway. Um, so yeah, I did, I did like that. And like you said, the groan, I thought the first four or five rounds was game and won a round or two. Yeah. And, but Sanchez did make some progress from, you know, those who, like us who watch him, we've seen him a lot. You know, he, he, need, he needed to press more, at least at some point. He did that in this fight, and he did get a stoppage. So, um, it, it, from what we need at Sanchez now with joining with Goosen, we needed to see something like that. I mean, I liked how you at least saw him trying to do it more, and, like, not just for a round. I mean, I like that. Like, if – the guy does it for like one round, and you think, "Oh, he's falling back." But he, he kept he kept trying to be a bit more aggressive until he got the stoppage. So he he needed that. So that that ended up being, you know, and it was a, a legit knockout. I mean, Negron didn't lay down or anything. So 
you know, that was relatively entertaining, more than you would have expected going into it. And then Plant, I certainly didn't expect the one-punch knockout. Um, but what I will say, because I've said it for years, is that Plant has always chosen a four, four, fight in a more defensive style, but I do think he could hurt people with the left hook if he wanted to do that more. Uh, I didn't think it was going to manifest itself like that, but he proved that with Darrell, who's always been pretty durable for his career, only getting stopped the one time by Benavides, and of course, not like that. Now, what I did say going into the fight, and nothing changed for me with that part of it uh, Saturday night is, but it does look to me like, in terms of the right hand, Caleb Plant's not bringing much with the right hand, even when he gets a little more aggressive, because he was landing clean on Canelo. Now, Canelo, I think, has got the best chin in boxing, so you can't just go by Canelo, but still, just didn't seem to bother him whatsoever with the clean right hands. But, you know, that's probably some credit to Canelo, too, because going back to that fight, Plant wasn't able to land that left hook on Canelo. And, and you know, it's kind of interesting because as good of chin as Canelo is, like I said, when Plant lands that left hook on you, he can hurt you with the left hook. And he obviously showed that with Darrell, and he was a little more aggressive. Now, what what I thought was a little comical, and he may have done overall good work with him. I'm not taking away from that because the result was good. I thought it was a little bit of bad analysis by even people who know what they're talking about. Like they started talking to bread man, you know, Stephen Edwards who trained him for this fight for the first time afterwards about the left hook and the knockout and, and how bread man was supposed to be working on him being more aggressive. And he was more aggressive, but Chris, you saw the fight like I did. If you saw the quarter shortly before the stoppage, bread man was literally saying, forget the crowd, just box. Just box this guy. Right, don't true, worry about true. the crowd. Don't, don't worry about doing anything else, hurting him, the crowd. You just keep on boxing. Who cares what the crowd says? And then everybody's going to Breadman after Plant knocks him out. I'm thinking, did I not hear Breadman just telling him, don't worry about entertainment. Don't worry about the crowd. You just, you just box him. Don't worry about all that. I mean, in other words, it did look like that was Breadman's design for what was going to happen there. So um, now maybe they worked on it in the gym and things, but because there was a slightly more aggressive plant though throughout the fight. I mean, I, I did see a little bit more aggression. So, I mean, maybe they worked on it, but that was certainly, there's no doubt that was not the corner instruction in the rounds leading up to the knockout. So um, where exactly that came from, in terms of, I think Plant's got the good left hook, but but in terms of you know being aggressive and, and doubling it up, going body and then head with it, um, it, it does make it. Now you know Darrell is what you know 30, 37, 38 years old. I mean you know people are kind of forgetting that. Um, you you got to definitely keep that in mind so you don't get carried away. But with that understood, can Plant yeah. take this? It, you know, we know he can defend, and he has proven that. I mean, he's got the speed. We know he can defend. You know, does this slightly more aggressive plant who can at least, again, that, that you know, that would be interesting against a tougher opponent. Um, that That's that's what we'll find out. You know, that, that's what we got to see next. Um, but uh, that, that'll that that'll be interesting to see. But, you know, that was a, that was a good performance for plant. And, uh, you know, as we always say, the fighters can do what they want, but um, 
you would think for Anthony Durrell, that should be the end of the line. I don't know if it will be, but it, it would seem to be a good spot to be the end of the line. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. I definitely did not see this coming in. And I thought Durrell, you know, actually I gave him the second round. Um, I thought the fourth round was, was really close just because he landed a great uh, short right hand um, on the clinch. I thought he was doing he a good a job. Good right hand. Yep, in a counter. I think it was a left hook in a right hand, or two or three right hands um, later in that fourth round. And I thought he was doing a good job of trying to just muck it up, rough him up, you know, make him uncomfortable, make him look at the ref. And then the flip side, I thought Caleb Plant did a good job of not worrying about the ref and sticking to his game, you know, game plan. And you're right, it was mostly jabs. And left hooks. I did love the left hook to the body, and just that combo of the left hook to the body, that little slight hesitation, like he was about to double up to the body, and the left hook up top. When Darrell was throwing, you know, the old can't hook with a hooker. Not to say, uh, you know, uh, plants this, you know, nasty left hook knockout artist, but that was a nasty left hook knockout. I mean, there's just no way around it. So I, I did like, I like, you know, I thought. I, there was times even later before the knockout where Darrell got him on the ropes uh, and was just messing with him. And, and I thought that that was uh, – I just thought it was a good fight for him that way. But that left hook to the body, like I said, was just just nasty. Left hook, left hook to the body, left hook to the head. Just, you know, I think we – even coming to this fight, like you said, I think we do have to say he has pop. Now, does he have a bunch of power where every other fight he's going to be able to do this? No, not necessarily. but. Even that, uh, you know, in 2019, at the beginning of the year against Uga, Uga Kot, what the hell is his name? Uga Cottage. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when he knocked, yeah, when he knocked him down twice, in one of them, I believe, if not both, was when Plant was on the ropes, showing some power, like, whoa, you know, everybody kind of thought he was going to, Jose was going to come in there and bully him, which, you know, he was able to get him crowded on the ropes mid and later in that fight, and and that was another thing, too. You didn't really see – I'm not saying Plant got 100% stronger as the fight went on, uh, like round in and round out, but he didn't fade whatsoever, it didn't seem. And his angles and his movement, I mean, his hand speed, his com- you know, his fluid combinations, I definitely was impressed. And then, like I said, the knockout. It's it just one of those things that kind of like – it's just nice to see – you know, it go against what people think uh, in general, and fighters can do that. Um, and obviously, you know, you're, I, I can speak for myself, torn on the celebration because, you know, boxing's a brutal ass sport, right? And so there's two, coin, you know, two sides of the coins there. And one of them, like, my first instinct is like, damn, that is kind of funny because they were really talking shit to each other in that, you know, in the, the run-up and for like a year now but so the celebration though when the guy's out it's like imagine how i could see the other side of the coin too because imagine how plant would feel if there was something seriously wrong with Darrell, and then he just never improved and then you're sitting there digging his grave you know so right. I, I get the both sides of it i just you know it is what it is you know i mean this like i said this is boxing there's been all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, you know, do we, like, uh, 
there's just times where you're like, oh, dude, don't celebrate yet. You know, you've already kind of celebrated minor league. Just, just make sure he's okay. Um, but in the same breath, I have to admit, it was like a perfect, you know, as far as marketing yourself online and on Twitter and all this stuff, social media, this stuff plays majorly. And this was, you know, like I said, these guys did not like each other. They said plenty of bad stuff about each other. And it's, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So I, I could see both sides of it. But in the end, that stuff plays. You and I know both that that stuff plays on social media, just like it used to play when Tyson, you know, would say something nasty in the run-up right. or whatever. When, when Duran was talking, you know, about uh, Sugar Ray Leonard's wife, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is what sure. it is. It's not your average corporate sport. Um, as much as we'd like that, this just happens. So I'm not going to overly judge it. But, yeah, of course, you have to at least say, well, damn, Wonder if something happened to Darrell way worse and he never came out of it or had to go, you know, brain surgery later that night and then you dug his grave. So I see both sides of it, but I have to admit it's like, oh shit, he did get him twice with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like it for the reasons like kind of you're saying, but these guys, it is a violent sport and there's a lot of adrenaline flowing. You know, a lot of times when these things happen. They do happen shortly after the fight, and you know, I mean, this this is you know human combat. You are literally having adrenaline flowing. It's it's that kind of a natural situation. So, I try to keep that in mind too. You know, when when it happens shortly after a fight, uh, there there's a there's literally it's not really making an excuse that there's a lot of adrenaline flowing. And of course, not that everybody does it, and not even necessarily the majority. I still don't like it for the reasons you said, you know, you, you could have serious, you know, even more serious injury. You already know, let's face it, that with what we know now that they didn't used to know. I mean, you, you know, by definition, you go down like that, that's a concussion and, and some form of brain injury. So that's where it's kind of some, something I, I really, really don't like. Yeah. Cause, cause how it, how it could turn out and it's probably bad enough in that sense it is, but a lot of adrenaline's flowing. And as you, you point out about, let's face it, everything's on video nowadays and things, things can go viral instantly. And, you know, you, you, you have this, you know, you have this going on. And, he's, he's, he's really MMA, going into that villain role, basically. I mean, that's basically yeah. what it comes down to, right? He's, like, playing it like I'm going to play the whole thing through as the villain role right now. Yeah, and, you know, Plant's gotten gotten a lot of exposure, and this, this right, the, the lead into Wilder. So so it was a uh, it was a big spot. And then, uh, you know, going into the main event, um, yep. I think it was, to me, it was a really big deal even before the fight. I still think it's a big deal after the fight. I, I was shocked. I just don't know if it's too late or not. And I, I don't think I can pass judgment on that from what I saw Saturday. But Wilder coming in at 215, something that I've been calling for him to do, mm-hmm. you know, since the first Fury fight, and, and always refer back to, you know, the type of performance he had in the first Devern fight, you know, light where he where he could move around the ring, you know, using the one-two. Comes in at 215 and, and a half. And speed, too, you know? Yep, and then more speed. You know, my, I'm thinking at 36, 
even with what happened Saturday, I mean, that's what's hilarious. Unfortunately, it might be too late, but still, I, I, I've thought over over the years that when Wilder comes in at that kind of a weight, it would, it's always been so much of a help to him that, you know, I'm, I, I'm still curious and still, when I saw him do it, I was shocked, pleasantly shocked, because that also tells me other things that you and I have talked about before. I mean, I had doubts that, you know, training in Alabama with his, you know, friend Malik Scott, you know, could, could he ever get himself into that kind of a mode? And, and you know, it, it appeared sure. no. So the, the, I thought, you know, I saw a couple of people that are knowledgeable saying, well, that's not too big of a, this was before the fight. That's, that really doesn't mean a lot to me. And I'm thinking, I don't know where you're coming from on that. It means, means a lot to me. And I'm going to stay with him. And he him. was now, in I Vegas too this time for a good chunk of the camp, not to interrupt you. Okay. No, no, that's important. I'm glad you always point out yeah, that. UFC, you know, something he actually like that. trained at the UFC uh, uh, performance uh, place, whatever the hell that <laughs> performance So was. there was an adjustment um, there, but what you and I had talked yep, about. And he the brought concern. in house too. Yeah. He brought in house okay. uh, yep, as well. So, and then I think they went back to Bama and finished sparring and finished camp. Okay. But that was good that he did that. So, you know, and that's tough to do when you're 36 and, and, uh, you know, coming off uh, a fight of the year True. with Fury and, and he had another knockout loss. I mean, to, you know, really crank it up and do that, that, you know, it shows a lot of good things about Wilder. So it was a big deal to me. I can't pass final judgment that because he, what he did to Hellenius, that it's still going to work at 36. But I love the effort, and I wanted to see that for the last few fights. In any fight when Wilder didn't do it, I wanted to see it because he didn't look as good. So um, the few that he didn't do it, so I, I'm real excited to see that. And then I, I like even in that brief, you know, the fight was, of course, less than a round. But I like even before the knockout that you saw Ben Wilder moving around the ring. You know, um, I think it does matter with him because he can do that and, and you know, stick out that long left jab and then give himself room for the right. Now, that's not how he took out Hellenius, but it, it kind of helped to lead to it that he was able to move around the ring. You know, he was kind of in that very brief part before he scored the knockout. I mean, I mean, he was able to move around the ring, you know, light, you know, quicker, faster. Um, so I hope he, I hope he still tries it. I mean, I thought at this age it would be too late, but, you know, he got the result you wanted in this one. And, and that, that shot that he took Hellenius out with, I mean, you know, let's go to real time on that. You know, everybody's replaying stuff, but I mean, in real time, and it's funny that Wilder, because he's got the long arms and everything, but that's what makes him so dangerous. I mean, like, that was a quick – that that shot was quick in real time. I mean, you know, right. in, in real time, that, that was a quick shot. When you were watching that fight, I mean, <laughs> I mean that was a quick shot. So, you know, people are watching on – And it wasn't quiet, replay. John. It wasn't – it was no. You could hear the yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, that, it was a loud, quick shot in real time. And, um, you know, Hellenius, I, I agree, I mean, even though the chin's at heavyweight vulnerable for any human being, that's why you get all these KOs at heavyweight, but still with that understood, I mean, Helene's a big guy, you know, still, still, you know, a, a big guy, 253 pounds and wild at 215, taking him out like that. Um, it was definitely a good outing for Wilder. I mean, um, everything he could have wanted. I mean, he had the proper preparation. Um, then he got the result he wanted. He was quicker. Yeah, it's hilarious, but um, nobody's taken him out in one round before. Um, you know, hasn't taken out by Duhapas in Washington. We talked about that before the fight, but 
you know, came over, came off of two Konatsky KOs, and he's a guy that knows what he's doing. So um, I heard heard you allude to it earlier. I mean, to me, the conspiracy theories on that one. Yeah, let's let's address this because people are running with it um, based off slow motion, frame by frame, uh, talking like scientifically about it, how that could not happen because of the angle and stuff like that. And they're using off balance too. It's like, do you watch Wilder's fights ever? You know, like, do you think he has great balance in the ring at all times? Like he's an awkward guy that, you know, has been backwards, moving to the right, knocking people out before. I just give your take on that conspiracy stuff. Cause like, you said, I, I just, I thought on this one, I mean, frame, there's no justification. I, I thought it was just unhinged. When I heard a couple people the next day say Hilladius took a dive, I thought these these people are unhinged. Then when I saw a, a couple more doubling down on it, I thought this is just lun. This is just lunacy. I mean, especially guys you know, that know what they're talking about, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and you know what I mean, like really know what they're talking about when it comes to boxing. That's what kind of stood, and it kind of stood out to me like, huh. I'm sensing an angle here. Yeah, that was lunacy. It almost tied into something I'd I'd seen, like, uh, I saw, saw, it was actually yesterday, one of these motivational-type speakers, uh, one of the military guys, but it it, it reminded me of that type of thing, like, but, you know, former military officers, and they were saying, um, you know, combat officers, I mean, like, you got to, you know, sometimes you just got to put your ego aside and say, I, I had, you know, I had it wrong or I was doing this inefficiently and you know, things work out a lot better. It, it reminded me of that. Like, you know, it's just the old, these guys want to hang on to this thing of this bad opinion of Wilder that they, they just can't move off it. I mean, just say, Hey, you know, that was a nice knockout he had against the ladies or something, but like, they go to these deranged conspiracy theories to try to make themselves right. It's that's really what it is. I mean, it's just, it's just, it is crazy. It's like literally crazy. Um, it's take, you know, that's when, that's when you're taking biases to just, just, an Ill, just, just an illogical level, a, a level that's you know beyond rationality. Um, because it's obviously like they're Hilarious. trying to match the conspiracy theories that Wilder was saying without proof, you know. So it's right, kind of like, well, right. hold on now, well, let's go and, on and then, here. And then the other thing they did, and this is the lawyer part, but this is where the, this is frankly a lot of times the good part of the lawyer coming out at you if you're a lawyer. Like I saw some of the arguments, and I'm like, they were inconsistent on their face because what 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 these conspiracy people were saying, they were going. Well, you know, that, that's why Hellenius was picked as an opponent, because he's got those weaknesses. But then they're saying he faked it. So, in other words, this is, this is where there's no logic. In other words, so if, if you were going to – and let's face it, it does come down to what these guys are basically – I wouldn't even say implying because they're just about saying it. You're, you're saying Hellenius has got to get money to take a dive. So if – I mean, this is absurd, but this is how you show the absurdity of, of somebody making making arguments like that. So if, if I'm PBC and, and I, and I want to make Wilder look good, so I'm going to pick Robert Hellenius, the guy who's going 
he's going to be a minus 800 favorite over already. And I'm going to take a chance of going to jail <laughs> and get, you know, fraud charges against me, et cetera. I'm going to pay Robert Haladius to take a dive when everybody thinks he's an opponent being selected because Wilder's got a good chance to beat him anyway. I mean, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, who really no, gave Hellenius a chance walking into this thing? You know, beyond like right. just a completely gone, uh, you know, crumbling Wilder because of the punishment he took or something like that in those two fights, you know, or something like, you know. Other than that, we knew exactly what this thing was heading in. Right, but if you're going to fix a fight for like Wilder, why, why wouldn't you have it be a more dangerous opponent to take the dive? Sure, sure. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, what they're saying, what the conspiracy theorists are saying doesn't even make any sense because on one hand they're going, well, we know why Hellenius was picked to be the opponent for this comeback fight, and then they're saying he took a dive. Right. Like, in other words, well, why did you have to pick Robert Hellenius then if, if the guy took a dive? Why, why would yeah, you, you pick somebody else? Yeah, you might as well make it more legit. Right. <laughs> That's my point. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense you're going to take all this risk. To, to pay Robert Hellenius to take a dive. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's just stupid. So, you know, just say, it's hey. It's not like I you mean, can make a ton of money on the, you know, on the fight then, you know, if there's that too. I mean, I suppose the right. under, but that's about it. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And then, so since we talked about it going in, I mean, I think it's, you, you want to bring it up, the postscript on it, where we don't really have an answer. You know, I saw low numbers out today, but, but not by any, source like not any defined source there to me but but like you and i were saying you would think if it did well even though it was a fox thing you would think maybe the boxing scene guys would mention it because pbc's on showtime and you know cbs owns boxing scene i mean let's face it we would hear pretty soon here if it's not happening now it's got to be in the within the you know next five days or something you know yeah, so if I don't hear something from those, I think I we probably would have six days tomorrow, probably would have heard that already. So I'm not thinking it it did that well, but I mean I can't I can't accept these numbers like fifty and seventy five thousand. I mean I'm not saying I know, right. but I mean I got I got to get I got to get more detailed it's a source where that's coming from. Yeah, I got to get more detailed source. You know, right? Exactly. I got to get I got to get more reliable reporting than that um so i don't i'm gonna say i don't know i mean i would think uh i would think if it was a hit boxing scene even though i know it's a fox thing it's not a showtime cbs thing but i would still think they do so much with pbc you would hear something so i'm guessing it didn't do that well i was thinking maybe wilder would pull a surprise i mean you saw at least on social media people talking about them um I posted it yeah. up there just because now I'm the first to say, and I'm not backing off this. I mean, you you can't say trendings or ratings. It's not a poll. It's not scientific. But right. I did throw up they there. They did run on my that Twitter. commercial plenty, though. I'll say that right. even during that but, uh, even during that big Fox game, Michigan State and Penn State, or Michigan and Penn State. You know, I saw it at least twice during that game. So they yeah, they advertised it, but I threw up. I threw up the because I thought it was at least worthy of note. I'm not saying it means how the pay-per-view did, or we know it's not polling, but Wilder was trending number one in the United States on Twitter 
right after that KO, and I did tweet that out there. I screenshotted that and threw that out there. I thought that was at least something worth a note. You know, because that's in the U.S., that's what we're talking about, U.S. heavyweight, and that's what yeah. we're talking about. And maybe we did, can get a gate number here soon. That'll help us a little bit anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, did it, you know, again, I think there is a chance that even though it's at age 36, that Wilder's, you know, resonating in the U.S. at this point. Um, we're not getting a pay-per-view read on that right now. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, it, I'm not saying it couldn't have done bad, but, um you know, you did see an official figure out for Haney of 975 on ESPN. I mean, that's ESPN. That's basic cable. But, you know, that was going on late. Um, just saying that, you know, under these circumstances for where boxing is today compared to other stuff we've been seeing, that's solid for Haney, um, his second ESPN appearance. Um, Why well, I'm just saying even though Wilder was on a pay-per-view, I mean, you know, 975,000 people watched Haney on ESPN, but but I'm saying, you know, Wilder could have done all right. I mean, we just don't, we're not getting, we're not getting numbers I feel comfortable for a feel yet. Um, right. You know, I just I, felt I like when Raphael Canelo numbers, those kind of made sense. You know, I mean, they, they he wasn't making them to be really too low. Um, but, you know, the zone just didn't have the reach to get into that 700,000, 800,000 pay-per-view that in the U.S., even with Canelo. So, I mean, I thought those were generous pro- numbers that could have happened for a Glovekin 3. But Wilder, I mean, all I'm hearing is 50 or 75,000. I don't know about that. I, I mean, even in this climate, in this day and age, yeah, I almost would. And, again, I'm not saying I know, but I would say, I mean, come on, Deontay Wilder, it was with Fury, but still. This is in recent times, you know, and the the second one was fight of the year. You know, he did five hundred thousand with Fury, and then he did eight hundred and fifty thousand with Fury. Um, he had a showtime number. Well, they're getting with it from Glacier. They're getting right. it from Glacier. So well, that, then Michael me, Woods, but then Michael Woods put out fifty thousand. Michael 000. Woods, he's not nearly as bad, um, right? You know, as him, but he's been one hundred percent. You know, anti PBC from the start reporting. <laughs> right. Bob right. Arum you is a source that. for the pay per view numbers and stuff like that. You know, right. I, I, I don't get me wrong. For a long time, I did like Woodsy a lot. I don't right. know him at a personal level, but as a reporter, I definitely followed him and listened to his podcast right. at times and all that. But anytime you're going, you're using the rival promoter for your pay per view numbers. And I don't know right. if he did it this time. But overall, he has done that. Even during fight weeks and everything, you can just see he's biased, you know? Yeah, he didn't not say... The, he, it has he didn't nothing to do with his writing indica- skills or nothing like that, you know? Right. But he but he didn't give, like, any indication where he's getting that from. And, well, you know, we can't take that. I mean, unless you're really consistently credible on that. I mean, with you've got the sources, and, and they really have to remain anonymous. I mean... You know, we can't necessarily take that. I mean, he's not given any indication, like, where that's coming from. So i got to take a wait and see. Because I, I just think Wilder's at a point, even in this climate and everything, I mean, below 100,000, I, I, I don't see that. I, that I don't see. I don't see that. So um, I, I, don't feel like we ha- I don't feel like we have the number yet. I'll just say that. Um, I'm not saying – necessarily good. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. I, I just don't think we know on that one yet. I'd, I'd like to hear something 
uh, that's, that's got some source tied in. I mean, you, you know, you want to hear something from somebody who maybe would have a legit, legit connection with a Fox source or something like that. I mean, that's really what sure. you're looking for. Um, yeah, or just a you know, couple, it, just a couple of them, so you can kind of balance the average or something like that. You know what I mean? Right, or you know, somebody who, who really, because on that one, you know, you you could get ideas from like Optimum and the cable operators and stuff too. I mean, you know, somebody who's really, yeah, you know, people that are in broadcast reporting and things like that. You know, like like to hear that. That's almost something where you do need to hear the business reports uh, on those types of things. Sometimes that comes through later on or something like that. Um, like like to hear like like to hear a little more detail on how, how that uh, how that turned out, but. Under a hundred thousand seems low to me, um, but we we don't know. But I mean, you know, Wilder. I mean, obviously that knockout went viral. I think afterwards, um, you know, coming in in shape like that. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but Chris, like you said, when we were talking about it even before this fight, and, and I'm still going to hold on to it. <laughs> people don't want to hear it, but it it, it could end up happening. I mean. You know, Wilder picks up one more good win and looks good doing it. If he did something like that with somebody a little bit more formidable, like everybody's saying, and that would do it, like an Andy Ruiz. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to count out. I'm not going to count out Fury Wilder four. I'm not going to. I'm not going to count it out. I mean, I think Wilder. Well, he said he's going to fight three times next year. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe at the end of the year. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. Like, I think. Wilder's right now they'd have trouble selling it, but even though the last fight was oh yeah, the yeah, year, yeah. But, I know what you're saying. But you, but you know, but you him get and one Andy more. Ruiz, I think would sell. You know, Ruiz, right? And then I'm thinking like, sure. if Wilder, but we're not going too far extrapolating. I mean, like if Wilder, if Wilder took out, you know, Andy Ruiz and looked good doing it, and then we were at a point where. Fury could come back to the U.S. and fight because I agree with what people are saying. Let's face it, it's being swept under the rug. But he 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 can't come to the U.S. and fight. <laughs> so right now, so yeah, if it got to the point where he could come back to the U.S. and fight, because they'd want that to be in the U.S. It, yeah, end of next year or something. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen or anything, but I'm just doing one of those. There was a Leonard Durant. Yeah, I guess it could go to Saudi <laughs> technically, you know, potentially. Yeah. There was, a, there was a Leonard Duran three, so you know they're, they're ultimately yeah, did end true. up being a, a Canelo Golovkin three. Maybe if it yeah, it, it no, didn't end right. up being as good as he wanted, but it happened. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm just not going to count it out. That's all. I'm not saying it's going to happen. And Wilder probably needs one more big KO win, but I'm not going to count it out. I mean, for God's sakes, you know Fury's fighting Chisora. I mean, we <laughs> we can't get we can't get more can't more of a time wasted than that fight. Um, as far as my thoughts on the conspiracy stuff, it really does seem like it's one thing to say that it looked funky, right? Or it's, man, I, I don't know. I'm in between on it. Uh, boxing's a corrupt sport. Things like that have happened. Some guys will take a decent shot and be like, I'm good. Um, and just wrap up and go home. We've seen, seen, you know, two guys walk out of the ring. Or one guy took a knee, one guy walked out of the ring here in Minneapolis. So we've seen a bunch of stuff, right? And, and like I mentioned earlier, the delayed reaction knockout, sometimes that draws conspiracies. But for me to say, to, for people to get on the mic and say, 
I have no doubt in my mind. That is like, all right, dude, because you're running with something, and then you're going to also, right, rightfully so, criticize Wilder for being a conspiracy theory. We went down, you know, I went down the whole list of, you know, the spike water. It would show with the test. I mean, there's so many items to get to with what, you know, what Wilder was saying, and, and we were critical for obvious reasons of that. But a couple of things that stand out. First of all, if you're going to say it was a fixed fight, then, you know, I think Hellenius should win an Oscar because right. not just his eyes, not just his free, but his legs were like frozen. Like he did a great, you'd have to say that's one of the best, it's Oscar worthy. He should at least get nominated. Um, and then another thing is the noise. Like, it was a loud freaking noise that hit. Um, and then there was a, a neck twist. Like that, I'm not talking whiplash, but a form of it, I guess, where the, his neck did, the, did that little twist, you know? And when you see that, whether it's straight back or, you know, you, you take a left-right twist, you know, to your neck, there was a little bit of that. When you see the back of the neck and it does a little twist, that is usually a tell a telltale of he just got freaking hit really hard. Um, so the neck, the legs, the noise, to me, it just – I could never get on here and tell you that was 100% bullshit. It's all fixed. Uh, and there's, there's more reasons, some of the reasons you listed as well. Um, I just don't see it in anybody saying hands down – there's no question about it. There's no argument you can make. You're basically like a sheep if you don't believe it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's ridiculous to me. And there's some feedback on a boxing knowledge level that have really ran with this, and it does make me kind of question their motives here. Um, oh yeah. It, it just it's it's too much. It's too much. I don't see it. I understand it's not the the picture perfect punch right but this is fucking wilder man like of course it's not picture perfect dude like how many things does wilder do picture perfect in the ring like i just it's not the spilka you know right on the jaw that you can see it i'm not saying that stuff but like i said oscar worthy performance from the eyes from the frozen legs the stiff legs like he didn't look like he was in great shape whatsoever and I just – I don't believe it. I, I could not come up here and say – I'm willing to meet people halfway at times. And like I said, we've seen guys be like, I'm, I'm showing up for a check. I'm done. The match in the ring, so I'm out. You know, we've seen that. We've, I'm not saying that at all. And, and sometimes you've gotten hit. We saw that with Tyson sometimes. You get hit early and be like, wow, I'm okay. I'm not knocked out. I'm going to stay down. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not – you know, there hasn't been setups or even here – uh, a defensive uh, lineman for the Vikings years ago, Ray Edwards, he, he boxed, uh, tried to become, you know, heavyweight, of course, former, you know, football player, trying to be a, a heavyweight boxer. There was a horrible, horrible stoppage up north here where it was like, wow, that was ridiculous. Um, it, it was nothing like that. And even like the grazing shot, you know, Malik Scott thing that looked way worse than this you know to me whether that was fixed or Scott said I'm good or their buddy so they both said are we good 
you know, that that's that's a different ball game compared to this one. I don't even see the I don't see besides them being friends, I don't see how you can line those two up and say, Yep, it's just like the Malik Scott fight, dude. To me that's bullshit. Um, so yeah, that's all I really wanna and we'll and look at look at when Wilder took out Leakovich in the first round and his legs were trembling like that. I mean Right. Was yeah. that a dive? I, I, I mean, a former top guy. I mean, I, I didn't even think this was a question. I, I just, I just thought this, this talk was just, just laughable, crazy talk, just crazy talk. I, I mean, just, just crazy talk, tinfoil hat stuff. So you know it's boxing, but this is not somebody a grazing shot taking a dive. And, and I don't even think the Malik Scott. I mean, Malik Scott had never done anything like that before. He never, he never did it after. And uh, Wilder's that big of a puncher. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we we see we've seen the shots he lands. I, I mean, you know, did Brazil did Brazil take a dive? I mean, yeah, come on, guy, you know, come on. It's 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 ridiculous. He's you know, Wilder's Wilder's just you know that that big that big of a puncher. So uh, I just think for me that any of that talks just. Uh, just crazy talk, and, and what you could throw into it too that I did see a couple people mention probably should be mentioned even more. I mean, look, that was a real shot that Hellenius took, and he went out like that. And again, concussion, form of brain injury. You know, you shouldn't be talking about Hellenius like that when he gets hit like a shot like that. So you know, the, the guy's in the ring taking the risks. He takes that shot. I mean, uh, you know. I mean, I mean, you, you right. know, you should, no, just sure, like you yeah. said about plant with the celebration or something. Happens, right. You, if this guy's seriously should, injured, but yeah. then you're going to say he's a fixed butt. You know, yeah, that's a good point. Right. Or has long-term injury. That's why the, you know, these people, it shows how deranged the criticisms are because they ought to know better. Um, you know, they follow the sport, supposedly, you know, fans of the sport, commentators of the sport, and then talking like that when the guy goes out like that. It's, really not responsible either so yeah that's that's definitely my thoughts on that but uh, goodbye for Wilder and I can say for that I mean you know you can say should it have been a pay-per-view card but and you know it's not necessarily from the fights being overly competitive but there there was entertainment value with the knockout there was entertainment value and the the card did hear that John right I know it won't count as entertainment (laughs) but that was entertaining. I mean, if you watch those fights, even from the YouTube to the FS, you know, like yep. there, there was a lot of fights there. There just was. No, that was a lot, a lot of entertainment. I was satisfied with the entertainment level. And let's face it, it's pro boxing. You like to see some knockouts. As Emmanuel Stewart always said, True. the fans want knockouts. So then the final fight of the night for me was then yep, did yep. have the Haney Cambosos on. And, you know, Haney dominated again. He was slightly more aggressive than the first fight, put a little more hurt on Cambosos. Yeah. You know, maybe Cambosos had a round. Maybe Cambosos had a round early one that he didn't win last time. But, you know, I feel bad for Cambosos in the sense that, I mean, certainly Tiafimo Lopez and Devin Haney twice are top opposition. But, you know, I do see a, a little bit of where the people got down on him are coming from, too. I mean, in his defense, I could say, well, that's 
that's 36 rounds right there against real top opposition, and there's no argument about that. And he got one win, and he did get a win out of it and a knockdown. But with that understood, I can another argument I can see, and you know, people can disagree with this. I know a lot did, but not all, because again, not that I agree with them all the time by any means. But you know, the British commentary team had Selby beaten Cambosos. I did think he won the right. fight too. Uh, not that he was overly impressive, but I thought he edged it out. Um, and you know, Selby was a guy who made his name as a featherweight and couldn't even punch as a featherweight. Here, here's kind of what I'm getting on. Like, like let's just say that, that that was a realistic take. Or, I mean, I thought Selby won it, but let's say even if Cambosos won five or six rounds in that fight. Um, you know, he, he knocked Lopez down early and did good in the first half, and then Lopez came on and knocked him down and, you know, came on real strong in the second half of that fight, came, came you know, a hair away from pulling it out. And then he, bet, he arguably lost every round in two fights with Haney. Um, here, here's what I'm getting at. For those people that were a little bit down on Cambosos after the second loss to Haney, even though it's top opposition, I can see the argument there. Like, that argument I can see. I mean, you know, to me, Cambosos might have won about 11 rounds of his last 48 that he's fought. <laughs> you know, that, I know the opposition is top level, but that doesn't really bode too well for the future. And you do then start wondering, you know, what exactly happened in that Lopez fight. I mean, because, Cam, again, too, Cambosos, you know, he, he knocked down Lopez. You know, he knocked down Lopez in that fight. I didn't think before – you know, Lopez really, he, he showed much pop. And again, you know, he's not really outside of that knockdown. You know, he's not really putting hurt on. I mean, again, the guy's been in the top opposition, but I mean, I, I can see where those, some of those people were saying the next day and other people were kind of shouting them down saying, Oh, the guy loses to Haney. How can you just write him off? He's got a great future and all this stuff. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that. I can, I can see that argument that, out of the last 48 rounds he's fought, he hasn't won a lot. Um, top opposition, but Haney beat him up at the end, too, like you're saying. I mean, Haney was beating him up at the end. So I guess what I'm getting to is I don't know I don't know how bright the future is from Cam, for Cambosos um, from here on out. You know, reports already got paid real well for the two Haney fights. And, you know, he can do what he wants, like we always say. It's not that he's old or anything, but I don't, I don't think the, the thought of – Maybe he should think he should think about calling it a day after a good payday and and finishing up taking a lot of shots from Haney. It's probably not a crazy idea. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but uh, probably probably not a probably not a crazy idea. But uh, if he does go on, I mean, obviously he's probably not going to be fighting guys as good as he just fought in Lopez and Haney. But I don't know. I don't know if the, the future is all that uh, bright for Cambosos going on from here. I thought the uh, the clinch stat was a little uh, funny for this fight. Uh, did, did you notice, like, throughout the fight they were doing the clinch, Haney clinch stat? <laughs> Haney clinch yeah, warning? Yeah, does that mean you only have cheating. one left with top rank, or does that what does that mean? It's kind of like, huh, okay, okay weird. There wasn't a clinch stat in the first fight, but it, there wasn't. There was like two updates of clinching, um, or at least an ESPN 
that that one felt like man. So he only does have one fight left with you guys, huh? It, it was a little funky. I was like, okay, okay, that's an interesting stat. Interesting stat to kind of throw out um, in the fight. I, I thought that yeah, was that kind of surprising, funny. but. I would think, I mean... I'm not saying he wasn't clinching. I'm just saying, are we sure it was 25 after five rounds? I don't know about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that that is surprising that they had that stat. I mean, I mean, even though uh, the style matchup, the talent matchup's great in terms of they're, they're both undefeated and got a lot of skills, but um, it might not be the most exciting fight. But, you know, again, for this era, you, you look at the numbers that Haney... And, and uh, Stevenson are getting an ESPN exposure. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for where we're at nowadays, that might be a pretty big fight if they put it together. I mean, like, I don't mean just for, like, boxing fans, obviously it would be, but, I mean, might, might, might do all right. You know, you, you look at those numbers, yeah. and hey, they, they put these two guys together, they might do all right. I mean, that's where top rank is doing – got to go back to it again. You know, they're doing what PBC started out doing, and now they've gotten more away from, you know – getting the guys out there enough on basic cable or network that there's just going to be a point where you're going to be able to, you know, sell them pay-per-view and, and put them in some bigger fights and, and sell. At least that would be, that would be the hope. So, um, yeah, you know, Haney, and, Haney seems and, you know, to be. The key, and the key thing to that ESPN deal is, is the exposure, no doubt, but the fact that they can have an LSU Florida game before it and stuff like that, the Heisman candidate, those are the those are the nights that you can really peak high. Now this one didn't necessarily peak high as the first one, but remember the first one was pretty pretty basic uh, one way action. So it was like right. how many people were super excited. It is college football season. There was some tight games going on. There was other fights, but uh, overall that's still a healthy number, like you said, for for these days. And I think uh, ESPN definitely would get behind that fight. Now I think Haney and Lomachenko potentially next, but you're right. Haney and Stevenson would be a big, big fight. I mean, I yeah, don't know what it does pay-per-view numbers, but they are give, they're putting their best foot forward because Haney and Stevenson are getting top-flight rate, uh, ratings, like it or not, on ESPN. And, you know, Lomachenko's numbers have been pretty good on ESPN as well. So, you know, if they do yeah, put, put in with either of those guys, they're talking Haney, but mm-hmm. even if they haven't fight Stevenson – Again, potentially fights that, that, you know, either maybe maybe can sell a pay-per-view, and, and if not, can certainly get a, get a very solid rating. Oh, a huge pop. Uh, for, for I mean, imagine the rating it. that would get. That would yeah. get a huge rating. That's like for boxing what you'd like to see, really. Um, right. You know, see him do something like that. Um, pay-per-view seems to be coming up more more and more again as we've discussed but uh you'd like to see something like that but their but their ratings are uh their ratings for what we've got nowadays have been decent yeah stevenson and haney definitely and like you said lomachenko too he's been in a variety of uh large ones and even crawford a, a handful of them when they actually gave him that lead in and stuff you know they did pretty big numbers so yeah um, let's hope you know, let's hope that Haney, because I, I don't, you know, I don't think, you know, realistically, I don't think they're going to put Haney and Stevenson next. So I just hope for, for you know, Haney and Lomachenko. Um, one more thing, though. 
What do you think? How do you, I mean, I thought Devin Haney looked really bad on the scales. And does he have just one more fight, you know, left at 135? I kind of – I'm leaning that way, John. I, I got to admit, he looked bad on the scales. I look good in the ring, and maybe he's going to be okay. Um, but we've known that 135 is getting tough for him to make. Um, I didn't do all that good on the scale. Yeah, he looked good enough in the ring uh, yeah. that I feel like you know, if he's got like, – like let's say if the next fight, I'm not saying it will be, but if it was going to be like Lomachenko or Stevenson, I'm thinking he could make 135 for – for a fight like that, for for one more fight, maybe even two, if that if he knows he's going to get that fight. So um, sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's what I would think, you know, because he did he did make it, you know, might be. I'm sure it's tough for him, but I think I think if that that big fight's in his next fight or two at lightweight, he he might still be able to do it. I mean, I don't think it's like a situation maybe like a Lopez where he's just definitely going to be. Getting, up. But who knows, you know, he, he does have pretty yeah. good size for a lightweight. I mean, maybe he does. Um, and then, I don't know, you got this Taylor Catterall rematch coming up. I mean, um, you might have the, you might have uh, Taylor available if he wins that, if they wanted to make a fight like that. I don't know if that's where they'd go. Uh, and then, of course, right. you got Teofimo Lopez fighting at 140. You know, I don't care about the alphabets. And, and one of the reasons, though, is we, we know just the way it works. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, people say, well, there's not a belt. Well, there can be a belt, you know, the way the alphabets are. I mean, there could be a, there could be a WBO belt that becomes available or something. I mean, uh, right. you know, so, so for those fans that always feel like they need a belt on everything, they, they can find it. They can find a belt. So I, I just look at what fights the promoters want to make or don't want to make. So it's really, you know, where does top rank want to assemble these pieces? You know, that they, they are getting them with this network exposure, you know, at least close enough to each other in weights. You know, you got Stevenson's at 135 now. Haney, Lopez was at 135, just five pounds higher. And you still got Lomachenko at 135. Um you know, they've worked with Taylor before. He's still at 140. Talked about him moving up, but he's still at 140. Um, you know, they've, they've had Zepeda. He's going to fight. Yeah, he's going to fight Progray on this pay-per-view. But, uh, you know, if he's an underdog. But if he wins, you know, they've had. So, that, you know, top rank's got some pieces to move around. It just depends what, what, the, what the plan is. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you never know. I mean, unfortunately, you never know that, you know, Haney – might have to, uh, you know, sign an extension for a couple fights to get a, a Lomachenko fight. You never know. Who knows uh, what what he'll have to do? Or you know, obviously he's got a little bit more leverage if the, if the reported three fights if he only has one fight. Um, and like I said, the clinch stat kind of tells me that that's true. Um, but yeah, you never know. We'll we'll see. You know where he goes. Any other items that you'd like to, to uh, discuss here, John? That's about it. I think we've got it all covered, except um, I don't like this Fury-Chisora fight just announced. Uh, pointless, but I think we've got to remember that Fury's the real, really the champ. I mean, he's going to have fought two times this year. I don't want this Chisora third fight, but he's going to have fought two times this year, and Wilder, Usyk, and Joshua are going to be one each. So uh, you, you can't say that. And if he fights in February and March, 
Usyk, then it's like, okay, I'll take it. No problem. You know? Yeah, right. So, I mean, I, I really don't like this fight, but I mean, yeah. obviously, Fury, obviously Fury didn't retire. Let's just, we, we could say that. Yeah, that right. One thing, one thing proven by this fight. I don't really like it. Uh, we're going to get it on ESPN Plus in the U.S., but I do have to say it. I mean, it's not over knocking. It's just becoming the truth for some of these things. But you have to make the time investment then to watch it. I mean, it's, not, it's just not a good. It's just not a good fight. I mean, pay per view, no, at least, but in the U.S., but right, yeah. not just not a good, not a good fight. I mean, not really worth much of a time investment. It's going to be interesting with the weather too. I mean, no, it doesn't get cold like, you know, the north and northeast up here, but it's not summer there in December. Right. You know? So it's not like Australia or something like that. So that's going to be kind of interesting as well. I don't think that – does it have a roof? I, I don't think so. No, it so, doesn't have a roof. Yeah. That's, so. yeah. Um, so that's going to be, be a little funky. That'll be that'll be interesting to see how that, that sways. But I appreciate you uh, – calling in and, and I definitely try to do one, you know, a podcast uh, earlier in the week, next week, rather than uh, Thursday. All right, Chris, thanks for having me as always. All righty. So we're about to bring in the most valid opinion, uncensored MVO podcast, Matt, just a second. Um, now the WBC I did they? I don't think they've officially called for him and Andy Ruiz. Him being Wilder, um, I don't believe they've called it, but I think that's the move. I think that's the next move there. By the way, um, Caroline Dubois got a what was it a fifth round knockout? That was that was a. I like the way she punches and put her punches together. Just in general, by the way, I, I did want to mention that. Um, yeah, I think that the WBC at their convention, that's what it was, at their convention, um, that they will or they're expected, I should say, to order Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz uh, Jr. for the final eliminator to become the next mandatory challenger of Siri. Um, and, you know, who knows if that were to be called, if, Fury would. I'm not saying, oh, he's going to duck uh, Wilder, and it, you know. But if Ruiz won, then maybe that would be all of a sudden a fight he would go to. Not, not totally sure about that. We will get into some other fight news, whether it's the GGG Lara WBA IBF pushback. Does that mean Danny Garcia and Arislandi Lara? Um, the Benavides stuff, as far as who he's fighting uh, in January, but also. Back that up by a recent inter or with a recent interview on Fight Hype as far as David Benavid is talking about a plant fight in May potentially there. Um, so there's a variety of other stuff. I will talk uh, about the the updated IDIC, um, uh report about Spence and Crawford, but I, like I said, even with the Coppinger and some of the other stuff that's been out there, there's no final. A judgment on this report you know what I mean so I'm not going to sit there and and go one way or the other because it's silly until I hear from both until this fight is off officially right it's not going to happen right let's say until that time I'm not saying that's the case until that happens if both fighters and maybe some handlers in there whatever 
are able to express what the hell happened on their, both their sides, then I then I then I can maybe make a more clear judgment. But I'm not gonna do. Oh, he's ducking this guy. No, he's ducking. I told you. I told you. Well, now you know just the back and forth shit. I, I'm just not gonna do it. But we did talk the Coppinger stuff. We did talk about uh, Dan and, and some other guy. I think Pug. Uh, a couple of reports. Just kind of talking that through. We brought in. We didn't bring in Espinosa, but we brought in Espinosa's point of view on it as well. So we're going to touch upon it. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but it is a report that we're going to address, and it is kind of vaguely written, much like the Coppinger report. We're talking about like three items that were what you know that were cleared up, the three items that supposedly allegedly Crawford wanted, and now that's been cleared up, and so there's a contract. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to get into some of that stuff, though, um, and just a variety of stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, by the way, I did want to mention that um, that Shields Marshall card was, you know, it did a record rating for Sky Sports, over 2 million um, viewers, which is a record, they were saying. And also, there was like a ticket breakdown. 35% of the ticket purchasers um, – and 40% of the Sky Sports television audience were female. I'm not sure exactly if that's a perfect measurement or not. I, I I've never really seen it bro- broken down like that. Uh, when you're talking about, like, viewership at home, it would be whoever is paying the bill. You know, and let's be fair. Maybe, you know, more women are paying more bills than men in, in some uh, you know, cases, but uh, and even like the ticket purchase, it's like whoever bought the tickets with their credit card, that's who they're getting. You know, so I don't, I don't know if that lines up, but either way, it was a hell of a night uh, for women's boxing. Okay, let's bring in Matt to the frame here. All right, I got you unmuted. What's going on, man? How the hell are you doing? I want to introduce you as the most valued opinions podcast. MBO Uncensored Podcast. Check it out. Give them a follow. What's going on, man? Well, first of all, it is an honor to be on this show, especially following someone as great as John. Uh, I heard John pontificating about whether or not uh, George Cambosis' future, uh, uh, how bright it is. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Cambosis' future is about as bright as a broken light bulb. Okay, I'm not too. <laughs> That's not that uh, enamored with, Yeah, I'm not too enamored with George Cambosis. But a couple of little points that I think you wanted to touch on is this saga with Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford. Yes, sir. Let's forget about the Coppinger report. Uh, let's forget about the Keith Idek report. To me, what was telling and what was important was that Errol Spence Jr. spoke publicly on social media which is something that he's tried to avoid doing during negotiations. So to me, that could be either worrisome, like maybe the fight's Mm -hmm. falling apart and he's frustrated, or it could be him trying to give Terrence Crawford a little kick in the butt, like some impetus to let's get this done so we can get it moving. You know, um, he's basically like, come on, dude, like what's going on here? You know? Yeah, uh, and read that. Can you read that tweet, sir? On that, he did tweet something today. Like you said, it is the first time he spoke. Either side really has spoken out about it. Uh, Crawford's given interviews and said what kind of fight, you know, what the meaning of the fight would be and all that type yeah. of stuff. And, and there's been, 
you know, there's been back, back and forth, but not from the fighters who I, you and I definitely want to hear from if this shit does go in flames. But can you read that tweet for the audience so they, you know, you know what you're talking about? Yeah. So, uh, expletive, we'll keep that word out. I've uh, been, been stalling for right. months. I could have fought in November. Been fighting at this weight for over a decade. This expletive ain't easy or fun. So basically, he's just basically expressing his frustration, which he hasn't done. So I'm wondering if there really is some validity to Keith Idex's report uh, that Terrence right. Crawford, basic uh, his team, has gone radio silent for the past two weeks uh, with this contract that revised the three points of contention that uh, Crawford wanted fixed. Right, and old boy in the camp hasn't done a video either, who normally always yeah. does a video. Yeah. He's always it, first it, out, it, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird. Out, yeah. It's very weird. It, it is but weird. All we can, you know, all we can do as fans is just sit and wait uh, to see yep. what's going to happen. Uh, we're very disappointed the fight's not happening in November, and Spence actually confirmed that the fight was supposed to be in November. You know, he basically said he could afford in November. Yeah. Uh, so he did confirm that that was the original target. So now we're looking at February, according to Dan Rayfield, if you, you know, find him credible. Yeah. So it, it's the, the, the goalpost is moving. But as fans, do we really care if the fight's in February as long as the fight happens? Yeah. I don't really care. I just want to see the fight next to both guys. Yeah, it could be on Pluto. It could be on Jupiter. Yeah, exactly. It could be anywhere. I could care less. Exactly. I just want it to happen. And February 4th, that is a good-ass date, uh, no doubt yeah. about it, because they could definitely, you know, through the NFL playoffs in January, they could definitely mm-hmm. uh, push that fight. And then it is in that, you know, after the Super Bowl, there's, or I'm sorry, the conference finals, there's that, like, three- or four-day buzz after that in the matchup. Oh, yeah. And then a week, yeah. you know, once you hit that next weekend, the buzz starts to fall off. You you realize kind of like, oh, shit, we got another week. And that would be a perfect little slide-in right there. Yep. Uh, so the Super Bowl is actually February 12th. So if yep. the fight is on February 4th, they have the whole Super Bowl week as a lead-in to the fight, which would be obviously enormous when it comes to the promotional side of it. Um, the Super Bowl, I think Fox has it this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, You're right. I believe Fox has it this year, so I do wonder if uh, they want to do the tie-in with the Super Bowl. Does that mean that Showtime is going to lose the fight? Right, or will they be doing it in the AFC Championship game on CBS? Mm-hmm. You know, the week mm-hmm. before. Either way, Fox and CBS has the whole month of January of playoffs worth, yeah. you know, to, to do it. So yeah, yeah. Um, you can ad- you can talk about whatever you want here on the show, um, but I do want to get your take on this whole uh, conspiracy thing with the Wilder thing. You know what I'm saying? I, if you hear the noise the punch made, uh, if you see the little twist of the neck, if you see uh, the acting job, which is worth at least the nomination for an Oscar, uh, you know, if we're going to go down that path, um, well, what are your thoughts on – on some of these dudes just running out, jumping out of the window to to say that that was a fixed fight. It was a loud-ass punch, dude. His legs were 
you know that when you're about, you know, when you let's take it back to like teenage years and you're clinching up your legs tight, right? For certain reasons, his legs were his legs were tight as like he was. He did a great acting job, Hellenius. If people want to go down that conspiracy route, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Is that just an obvious? They're biased as hell, trying to get clickbait just oh, all on. on purpose. Well, what are your thoughts? Because that shit was ridiculous. Like that Talking was about he's off even, balance. Even be dignified. Yeah. My, my, my off thing balance. Is, you like, at... have you ever seen Wilder fight? Off balance. You can't use that yeah. as a reason why. If you look at the, the little uh, gif or gif, I don't know what it's called, gif that uh, people yeah, yeah, posted exactly. on the parts like that different angle, you could actually see him caught mm-hmm. back slightly and just, it was like a whoosh. And when you listen yeah. to the punch, oh, my God. Mm. The, the, I was in the arena for the fight. I was going to say that. When I tell you the sound, oh, my God. Right. The sound that that punch made, the, the oohs and ahs in the crowd, like, holy shit, what, what did we just see? That right. was worth the price of admission. Yeah, like, that, it was. that was an entertaining card, too. Oh yeah, it, it, it really was. It really was. I I, I was. What was the vibe in there? What was the vibe oh, in there? Oh, it, like? it was a party. It was a party, man. Yeah. Uh, everyone was just excited to see Wilder. To be honest with you, there were a lot of fighters there who I wasn't expecting. Like Demetrius Andrade was there. Uh, Danny Jacobs was there. Luis Ortiz was there. Uh, Jamel Charlo, who's had some not so nice right. things to say about Wilder in the past, he was there. You know, so I was actually uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, the vibe was just a party. Everybody was just excited to see uh, what Wilder had. A lot of people were excited for the cold feature with uh, Kayla Plant yep. and Anthony Durrell. And that fight, while it delivered in the end, I will say there were some boo-birds uh, throughout the fight because yeah. they felt like it wasn't enough action. Uh, Frank Sanchez, surprisingly to me, he was very entertaining to the crowd. There was a lot of oohs and ahs with every punch that he threw, uh, which to me on TV, it doesn't read that way with Frank Sanchez. You know, when I'm watching him on TV, it looks like everyone's bored. But in the crowd, man, those heavyweights, those heavyweights, man, they get the crowd going. You know, that's why I was disappointed with John saying, He's not excited about Fury versus Chisora. What's going on, John? I don't understand <laughs> that. These, these are heavyweights, man. These guys are going to be Yeah, you got a theory with that. Don't you got a punchline with that. You got a tagline oh, with that. Oh, yeah. Yes, we, we, we call it big, beefy men bumping meat. Yes, I love the heavyweights. <laughs> There's nothing like heavyweight boxing. I'm looking forward to that big horse of a man, Daniel Dubois. He's going to be fighting Kevin Lorena sure. in the co-feature. Lorena, yeah, uh, I like that he fight. Beat yeah, he beat Walk in his last mm-hmm. fight. He, he beat uh, Bogdan Dinu. He's beat Cephas Theory. You know, so he's beat some decent heavyweights and cruiserweights. Let's see what he has against Daniel Dubois. Yeah, I hear that. I definitely hear that. I got to get to Brooklyn and the Barclays for a fight sometime. I just have to, man. It just looks it's too not fun. a bad seat in the house. Not a bad seat in the house. That's what I hear, too. Yeah, and the crowd was excited. The crowd was really excited. There was a huge brawl 
uh, in the crowd. Oh yeah, great to see. Oh yeah, you're not in a you're not in a boxing fight. You're not in a boxing fight this fall. Yeah, you're kind of disappointed when you leave if that's you know if you don't get the chance. Yeah. Uh, So what other things uh, were you planning on touching on tonight? Um, you know whatever you wanted to do. If you wanted to say you know talk a little bit more about Devin and what he's going to do, or you know, the Benavidez fight did get a, or not announced, but he, you know, we know he's having a fight. But then again, in that same interview, he said he's been notified that if he gets through this fight, him and Plan are going to fight in May. I mean, it's really up to you, man, whatever you want to do. Maybe you want to talk about the ladies' card, whatever's uh, clever. Well, this Benavidez thing, I'm, I'm greatly disappointed. Uh, I was expecting a better opponent. I was not expecting them to – Circle back to Jose Us Kategui or Kategui, however right. you pronounce it. Um, this is a guy who uh, he hasn't fought well in the last couple of years, and he tested positive for right. PEDs. Why? Why are we giving him another chance? I don't understand that at all. Um, I was hoping that uh, Samson Lukowicz, who is David Benavidez's promoter, would stick to his word and make an offer to Demetrius Andrade. Uh, he claimed publicly that uh, after Andre pulled out of the Zach Parker fight, that he would make a substantial offer to Andre, and that offer uh, never came. I don't think uh, it was ever going to come. I don't know what's going on with David Benavidez's career, but uh, it's starting not to look good. You know, let's hope the plant fight happens next, but. Uh, should we be okay with the with Kataguri fight just because the plant fight might be in May? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not excited yeah, about I it. Knew you know, he would fight, it. But I, yeah, I knew he'd fight again, and I'd rather him be able to fight again, you know, so he's not sitting out for a, a year. But it's just the opponent, like you said, the, the, the failed drug test. He lost to, no offense to, you know, Lionel Thompson, but he, he lost to, Plant, and then, like, two fights later, lost to him. He hasn't beaten anybody in a long time. And it's not like a big, big fight to where you're like, okay, well, a year goes by, we'll let you come back, even off your failed drug test, because it is a big fight. We've seen that plenty. Uh, but, yeah, I know. It, it was uh, – and the optics of it, because, you know, Matt, how he's been talking shit about Plant, like, when he has a fight signed, yeah. then they talk shit. Well, the second he knocks old boy out – the next day, basically, or something like that, all of a sudden, I got to fight, and we're not going to fight. Well, I didn't expect him to fight in January or, or, you know, February, nothing like that. But it's the optics yeah. of both what you mentioned and also, like, well, dude, you can't sit there and, and say all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, the second old boy gets a knockout, now you got to fight. You know? It's, yeah, it, to it me, they're, they're treating Benavidez like he's a prospect, like, Honestly, I would expect Jose Uscategui to be like a step up fight for an up and coming prospect. You know, I wouldn't expect right. yeah, this yeah, fight yeah. at oh, this yeah. point for for David Benavidez. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very disappointing, you know. And uh, if David Benavidez he likes to claim on social media he'll fight anybody, he's upset about uh, his his choice of opponents and stuff like that. Well, then he needs to talk to Samson. You gotta talk to Samson. Right. What the hell's going on here? You know, you you have your you have your own representation. You have your buffer between you and Al Heyman, so you can't blame Heyman. You have your representation. Make make the fight happen. You know, there's no reason why he couldn't fight 
uh, uh, Jamal Charlo or they or Demetrius Andre next. Yeah, man. So Somebody something lied. interesting. Because then know? he's doing the same thing that he's accusing people of, where you're just waiting yep. for the big fight for you. You're just going to stay busy. And there's, okay, yep. fine. There's not, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with that per se, right? If, like you said, if we get the fight in May, but you can't go around saying this shit. It's like, well, yeah. come on, dude. It kind of makes you look stupid, you know? And, and, and here's my thing, though. I would have no problem with it if he was fighting more frequently. Like, the, the amount yeah, of true. time that's true. in between the fights, just for crap yeah. after crap. I mean, we had to deal with Tyron Davis, really, mm-hmm. David Lemieux, you know. Faded-ass David Lemieux. Yeah, you know, and now Jose Ruiz category. Like, this is not exactly a murderer's role uh, of opponents, <laughs> you know. But it's like, yeah, you know, these guys are making it hard to invest in them. And, and care about them, you know. Yeah, that's why I'm just glad. I'm just glad that Anthony Wilder's back. You know, you guys can enjoy. Yeah, what do you want to see classes. Wilder do next? What do you think? Oh, I want to see him fight uh... Usyk. I, I want to see Usyk. I want Alexander Usyk to be a man of his Where word. Where was Usyk that night? Where in was Los Usyk that Angeles. night, by the way? In Los Angeles. Dude. Yeah. I could see if he was in the Ukraine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I know they said that that's something that happened recently in the Ukraine. But this guy was in L.A., so there was no reason and why he's he the one who told not. us going. Exactly. Know? Exactly. We didn't, we didn't say, oh, you need to be there. No, you, you volunteered yeah, right. that you're going to be there. Be a man of your word. Uh-huh. And, and, and I would love to see Usyk versus Wilder next. You know, I think that I that agree. is the fight. That's gonna get Deontay Wilder uh, the complete respect that he deserves, not just from his adoring fans, but from the boxing media and public at large. But you know they're gonna spin that lineal. Well, that's not really the lineal, no man. No, so yeah. It, it just just because of Fury, and you know they're gonna spin the shit out of that. Yeah. But to uh, me, Usyk, he's one of he's one of the yeah. patron saints of boxing. You know, like, exactly. and I love Usyk. To me, yeah, me if, too. if you're not a fan of Alexander Usyk, then you're not a fan yeah, of boxing. This is this is a guy 100%. who's done everything the right way. He he yep. he's gone on the, road. on the road. Yeah, everything tell. you yeah everything yep. you want a fighter to do. I just need him to keep his word with this one. Keep that same energy that you had. You you got to cash that check that your mouth wrote, Usyk. You, you call that man name out. Don't call that man name out. And then pull a Joseph Parker and, and, and make a U-turn. You know, I, I don't like that, you know. So let's see that fight next. I don't care for the Andy Ruiz fight, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I wasn't too impressed with Andy Ruiz in his, in his last fight. And, and I, sure. I'm just looking to see Wilder versus Usyk, Wilder versus Joshua, or Wilder versus Joyce. That's it. You, you can keep the Andy Dude, Ruiz Wilder fight. Wilder versus Joyce? My God, bombs away! I know. That I know. Bombs away! That little punchline, yeah. that tagline you got, my, that I mean, that lives up to it right there. That fight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like that, that that's what I'm looking for. You, you, you got, you could have the the, the Andy Ruiz fight. It's, it's fine. It's a decent yeah, fight. Yeah, I'm not okay. gonna doubt it, right? But you I know, know what you're saying. But, but I want to see. And it would sell. I want to see the big, the it real big man. You know? Yeah, right, yeah. Andrew Ruiz, he's he's big just in just in weight. 
You know, he's not big in stature. Yeah. I want to see the real big right. man. I want to see the real top dogs uh, going at it. Yeah, that would be big. That would be big. Yeah. I hope that. That shit would but uh, what that were your thoughts nice. on what you on what you saw with Wilder? How did you think he looked? Do you think uh, you learned anything about him or where he's at in his career right now, or was it too quick a fight for you to really glean anything from it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it probably was too quick to learn something about where he's at all the way. But one thing, a couple things. One, the weight, right? I mean, the, the two, 214 and a half or whatever it was, I really love that he said, you know what, forget it. I'm not worried about weight. I want more stamina, and I want to have more speed. So I think that – and he was saying it the whole time during camp. I like how he brought in Don House, and they were in Vegas for a little bit. Then they went back to Bama. So I do think that the, just the weight alone and him moving around – because. People do forget that that first Severn fight, he moved the whole time almost. He does have those fights where he moved on the outside. Um, I would like to see him get back to the jab more, but, you know, maybe he would have in, the, in that fight even more. I liked what I saw, and it was more like I, – my, uh, my, I watched it with my nephew, and Wilder is his favorite fighter, and we both kind of were like, all right, dude, he got through this. Now bring on these next few years that he talks about. So we were kind of just like, all right, now it's, you know, it's rejuvenated. He seems to be in a good spot. And, yeah, so I think the weight itself, Matt, was the biggest thing for me that says, all right, dude, you know, a lot of people told him to gain weight because of how that second fight went. And I get why he he gained the weight. I do understand some of that. But um, I I think that's the biggest thing that stood out was was the weight. And I'm so glad he's in the – you know, the team, the, the 200 team. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that basically it came from a counterpunch uh, going backwards. Yeah. And I love the right. fact that the cat-like reflexes are still there. You know, you, you never know. Uh, Wilder, his birthday is uh, on Saturday. He's going to be 37 years old. You just never know when right. those reflexes are going to go. And he looks like he was at uh-huh. the top of his game, basically. And that was, that was really, yep. really good to see. I agree. I think it was just a good night overall. Good card. I definitely wish I would have went to the Barclays for this one because the full card, man, there was upsets. There was just a bunch of different stuff. I mean, I would have never – I would have put money on Plant not scoring that knockout. You know what I mean? I would have put money on that. Like, that was crazy. Amount, uh, and that was, I that, love – I love the belly yeah. <laughs> I love. I love it. Give me that kind hey, of energy. He stepped into that villain role, dude. And he did it oh, well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And listen, you can't talk the shit that Darrell was talking and, and not right. expect uh, a receipt. Yep. You know, and Caleb Trent gave him all that he wanted and more. And, and I know Darrell probably felt like crap when he woke up finally right. and saw the replay of Plant shoveling <laughs> the dirt on him. <laughs> That shit was funny, though, because he hit it at the perfect time, Matt. The perfect – and, oh, boy, the ref got over there. He's like, nah, dude, I'm, I'm going to keep scooping. That, that, that shit was funny. Like, I know people have a yeah, problem that, with that, that and I good. get it. You know, if Darrell was hurt, hurt, he'd probably feel real bad about it. But this is boxing, dude. It's a brutal sport. And that was, like, to a T how you do it. And he's 
off of this Canelo fight, right, with the slap and all that, he's really stepping all the way into this villain role. And, yeah, I, you know, it doesn't, it. it doesn't hurt where you can Google and YouTube a street fight with him, too, where a dude pulled a knife on him. Like, it's, it's a, he's really doing his thing. Yeah, I, I don't get that everyone's touching their pearls about Caleb Plant celebration right. out there. Listen, we're watching boxing. We're watching two people punch themselves, punch the, each other right. in the face until they're unconscious or, or half near dead. Let, let's uh, right. <laughs> save the... And that's what we want, save, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let, let, let's save the hysteria for, for something else, you know? This, this ain't table tennis, you know? <laughs> Man, yeah, that was that was nasty. Kept getting better with the knockouts too, as the card went on. Yeah, the, um, it's like any the, other? It's like it built to a crescendo. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the Clarissa Shield, about, uh, uh, Savannah uh, Marshall fight. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't listen. I don't need to see Haney versus Lomachenko. We could have got that. Lomachenko decided to go yeah, for the yeah, franchise yeah. belt. You know, now now yeah. everyone's acting like Devin Haney owes him something. I think Devin Haney owes himself something. It's do whatever the hell you want to do. You bet on yourself. You did it the hard way. You went to Australia to get those belts. Now you're free to do whatever the hell you want. And if we're being fair, he looked he looked bad on the scale. He looked really bad. This is the worst I've seen him on the scale. His body looked. His face was sunk in it. It was bad. I thought it. I thought he was yeah. real rough yeah. on that. Now, Honestly, it looked not, like an X-ray. He did exactly. He looked like I mean, a damn looked, X-ray. You could see like his head was down, and those clips of his, his you know, of, of pops talking to him and saying, "This is what we're gonna do." And he didn't look good. He looked really bad. I felt for him. Now, what's really troubling about that is Devin Haney strikes me as someone that lives the boxer lifestyle. So I don't really see him blowing up a lot between fights. So the fact that exactly. he still looks like that on the scale tells me this this needs to be it for him at 135. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Because like I said, man, he looked super bad. Pale. Like, he just, he looked bad on the scale, dude. You can even see, like, him having his head down just waiting for the weigh-in. Like, he just, it's, it's not a good yeah, and there are. I and mean, that, even at top rank, there's plenty of fights at 140 technically. You know. Yeah, but like you were saying with these new clinch stats, uh, maybe his top rank deal is just about done. <laughs> you know, exactly. I've never dude. seen what, a clinch stat in any. I haven't seen that before ever. All of a sudden, come out. I've never seen that. Like what? I've what? Ne- that? Dude, that was ridiculous, man. I mean, that's that's just telling as hell, dude. We know we got biased-ass broadcasters. We get that. But you're going to – not only once, Matt, they, they, they put it, like, in the sixth round. Like, by the way, just to update on the 25 clinches now, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. It's a, You're just going to blame the clinching. That's why he won because of the clinching, right? Like, I've never yeah, seen a clinch that. i got to say. Never. And we, we lived through the Klitschko era. We lived through the Klitschko yeah, era. Hey, we didn't see yeah. no clinch that. Perfect <laughs> like, example. Come on. Perfect <laughs> like, example. Jab hold. Like, come jab on, hold. Now. Like, exactly. The clinch stat, dude. I, I think we've seen it all now. We've seen the clinch stat. Yeah, I, I hope that doesn't become like a regular thing. You know, we had a good week in the boxing. Shit. 
Yes. That is on some ignorant yes. shit. Not very good week in the box. It borderlines, you know, some beyond ignorance, in my opinion. Because it's like, really, dude? Yeah. Like, oh, wow, okay. Okay, all right. Let's, okay, sure, sure. Well, I can't wait till they do Break the pitch out for Shakur. Yeah, or like you, know? you said, Klitschko. Exactly. King that was, yeah, that was something else. But you know, it is what it is. I guess they need to fill time. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, great yeah. week in the boxing. We had the the all women's yeah. card. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not too big on women's boxing, but I do love me some Sylvester Shields. Uh, yeah. she three good. time she undisputed. Three time undisputed. Amazing. Uh, I, I found it very interesting that she said she basically couldn't see after the sixth round. You know, right, she yeah. said that yeah, uh, her vision was, was was screwed. You know, unless you know how how much of a heavy hitter Savannah Marshall is. But yeah. to me, Tamisha Shields did her thing. Uh, Bum Garner did her thing. And God bless her for not wearing uh, any spanks uh, under her outfit. Uh, but God we is won't good. get into that. God is good. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, we won't, we won't get into that. But the guy, damn, I was like, whoa. Like, yeah, this is... <laughs> he was using those angles. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I definitely wanted to be in the rounds in that fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need to, I think a throwback, Matt. 15 rounds. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, rounds, I know. Minute, you know? Like, let's take it all the way back, man. Let's take it all yeah, the way back. Yeah, but that. That that was pretty good, man. Uh, I hope we get another yeah. uh, boxing weekend like that pretty soon. You know, the schedule's looking a little bit thin, so I guess we're going to yeah, have right. to really uh, be hardcores for the next month. Uh, right. But, yeah, it, it was a good weekend of boxing, man. Yes, sir. Any any last items, sir, that you want to uh, talk about or discuss or anything? Yes. I want to talk about the right. death of Ring Magazine. Uh, oh, Ring man. Magazine announced that they will no longer do any physical issues of Ring Magazine. Uh, it's only going to be online. I saw one only of the editors. Uh, yeah, Tom Gray, one of the editors, said that uh, he's not going to be uh, uh, part of the site no more. You know, a really lot of people are. Um, really yeah, I know, right? <laughs> a lot of people are waxing poetic about uh, uh, Ring Magazine, but you know, I just want to say, Ring Magazine, it, right? yeah. You know, it, it went the way HBO, and I gotta tell you, uh, rest in peace. Sorry, you know, <laughs> you, you guys been antagonizing the fans uh, on Twitter for God knows yep. how long. You know, you should be trying to get people to buy a magazine, not openly antagonizing them, you know. And over the top you, biasness. Over the top. Yeah. Clear as day biasness. It, I mean, this was the bed you made, and now you must lay. You know, R.I.P. Ring uh-huh. Magazine, they were good. They were good before, you know. Oh, yeah, they but, had a hell of a run. We're not taking that away. Oh, yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. And I do love that 100-year uh, anniversary uh, magazine that Cliff rolled. Uh, wrote the top uh, 100 fighters for that was yep. an excellent, yep. excellent magazine. That was an excellent piece. You yep. know, I feel for guys like Cliff, 
who actually put in the right. research. They they love the sport. True. They they love to look at boxing uh, different ways, cool ways that fans might yep. not think of. Straight up, you know, too. I feel I, I yep. feel for guys like him, but you you had too many jackasses over there, you know. Yep. Uh, you know when Dougie when Fisher. the jackasses, yeah, when you got the jackasses running the asylum, you know this is what you mm-hmm. get, you know. So we'll see what becomes of Ring. Uh, Digital right. only. I guess it's just a, a website now, you know. Itchy, itch. So RZA took yeah. over. Yeah. Bobby Digital it's... took over. The, the <laughs> <magazine>. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy Bob, with the new ownership. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, I appreciate yes, you sir, having man. me on, man. This was refreshing. Hey, you call it any John. I, I, see, I do call in sometimes. I did not know that you had to press one to get in the queue. Yeah. Usually I just listen to the show. But then I heard yeah, you last time I called in. that's one. Okay. The switchboard allows me to see numbers, so I'll text you on it too. All right. Okay. 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 Perfect. Then, and then I'll, I'll kind of line it up to when I'm because I do kind of randomly do shows, not the same exact okay. schedule. So I'll start. I'll start texting you too. Well, listen. Like Biggie said, I drop unexpectedly like bird shit. So you just let me know. I pop in also. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> All right, buddy. You take it easy, man. You have a good night. You too. You too. All righty. There we have it. Once again, great follow. Listen to it. Most Valid Opinion Podcast, MVO, Uncensored Podcast. He goes by the name of Max. Funny dude. Uh, you know, a variety of uh, superlatives towards that gentleman. All right. Um. That about wraps up the weekend. And by the way, like Matt said, there's no disrespect to Baumgart. But yeah, I did think, by the way, Haney did step on the gas down the stretch beyond the 12th round, of course. Um, but I think it was like, speaking of stats, he had the clinch stat, but I think it was like 34 to 2 or some shit like that in that uh, in that 10th round. I mean, he was, he was trying to step it up. I got to give him credit there. Um... There were so many fights. Um, oh, the Emmanuel Rodriguez and, and Russell. Yeah, I forgot about that. We we did not talk about that. Um, I thought Rodriguez is just the quick little combos, uh, whether it was counter or just combination left hook, right hand. Um, he there was like a what was it a right hand that dropped Russell. Um, and he, he looked really hurt. There was a little, because of the eye jammy, he got a little time. Um, there was like, I think in the ninth round, like two or three times he stumbled. I mean, it, even though he had a good comeback, because he got that little time to, to rest, right, or to recoup, I should say. And Russell did, it felt like in the ninth round, like two or three times. You know, he's, but he did actually have a good comeback round. Maybe that was the ninth round off of that eighth round. I think that's what it was. Um, and then, like, before the tenth round, the eye injury. I, you know, I never – was it the corner or was it the ref slash doctor? Um, either way, you know, clear win for Emmanuel Rodriguez. And he, he did show some hand speed, his combination punching. I liked what I saw. And I'm just glad that they got that fight back. Um even though it was another cut, 
Um, but but the stoppage, I, I don't. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, what was he not able to see peripherals? Is that what was because they kept doing the the peripheral check and all that and follow my finger and stuff like that? What, did that play into it? I'm not totally sure. It seemed kind of. Uh, we know, you know, from recent time, unfortunately. In this brutal sport, we know that, uh, you know, the the New York State Commission, you know, even with those at the beginning of rounds, at times, like, people point to the Wilder Ortiz that Wilder got more time because they were making him walk to the side and stuff like that. That's that's a very common thing if you watch enough fights uh, from New York City. So it is what it is, or New York State in general. But, um, but other than that, that is probably the last fight that we'll talk about there. Um, News-wise, well, we talked about it. Fury Chisora Outdoor, the trilogy. It will be on ESPN Plus, so that's that's a positive. Um, like I said, Benavidez, I, I'm not crazy about this opponent. Um, but also, it's not a, we, we kind of knew that this is potentially an opponent. One, and we also for sure knew he was going to fight again. Because there's no point, like Matt and I were talking about, there's really no point of sitting around till next May and be out for a year and then fight plan. Um, but in that, you know, in that uh, fight hype, it's up there right now, the fight hype interview. Um, according to David, you know, he was, he was asked about it too. He has followed up on that question about Caleb Plant, and he has been told that as long as he gets through, that fight's going to happen in May. Now, whether it's Cinco de Mayo or late May, kind of matters what Canelo's going to do, right? Like maybe they're going to really cast Hey Canelo. Is he going to be out in September or not? If he just was able to beat Plant in September, that would be a huge thing. I don't know, though. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. But he did say he has insurance. Not insurance, but he got an insurance. <laughs> no, he got – basically – it's not they don't have the contracts drawn out and they signed or nothing like that, but it he's been told by the powers that be that that's going to be in May, and you know I had no problems with Caleb Plant coming back against Anthony Durrell coming off his first loss, which was a knockout loss. I had no problems at all with that. Durrell's a, a fine opponent to come to like in that scenario. With the, you know, Benavides wanted it uh, in the fall, this fall or summer. So I'm not going to sit there and, and rip him. I'm also not going to rip Benavides. Like I said, the optics look bad, right? Dude just got done with a fight. Now you're announcing a fight. Well, some people took it that way and ran, and, and I think that's bullshit too because if you're paying attention like, you know, I do, you knew he was going to fight again, and I want him to fight again. And it does. it's not shocking that it's a stay-busy opponent. Um, you know, if he can take him out TKO style or even worse, then they can line up and say, hey, he just knocked out Darrell something you didn't do as nasty, right? He TKO'd him, but not as nasty, or vice versa. You weren't it, you dropped him, but you didn't stop him. And, and so I, I get the opponent, but like I said, it's just the optics. It's not a good look to talk all that stuff about all these fighters, you know, they know they got to fight. Uh, or they use an excuse saying they have a fight, and once they sign for a fight, then they call me out. Or once once I, meaning Benavides, sign for a fight, then they call me out. It's kind of like, well, dude, you know, like, I mean, isn't that what you're describing right here? But 
I, I, you know, I'm glad he's getting a fight, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, for for it to be, you know, who's got a G, that is real. I mean, it's boxing, so shit happens, you know. And it, and let's be honest, we all wanted to see Canelo Golovkin, you know, right? We all wanted to see that after Canelo failed anyway. We, same with uh, Luis Ortiz in the uh, alleged, uh, you know, what was it, heart, heart. I think it's heart, heart, heart pills. Let's call them right. Blood pressure pills, I believe. Um, that's the reason why he quote unquote popped and then got a, you know. So if it was a good ass fight, I don't think too many people will be talking shit. Um, but yeah, I assume that it'll happen next summer and maybe May, maybe June. I don't know, but I did kind of assume that that that's what was going to happen, especially with Canelo. We don't know. We haven't heard about that. That you know, that surgery. We did hear he kicked some ban out. Some report of him allegedly kicking a ban out. A ban out of his his uh, his kid's uh, birthday party, right? I actually just randomly saw a report about that. I don't know if it's true or not. Anyway, um, oh, the, uh, the IBF and WBA uh, did, <laughs> right? Um, they WBA accepted have accepted Gennady Golovkin to face the IBF mandatory what is it uh Falcoa something like that he's like 30 and 0 or something like that maybe 31 and 0 but they say WBA and IBF say that the winner has to fight Arislandi Lara but then there's also rumors that the Danny Garcia thing that Actually, Danny might go up and fight uh, Arislandi Lara. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. No clue. We know there was talk about it, but we we get why there's talk about it because they, that could actually move some tickets anyway locally there. And uh, I would also get why Danny would want that fight, you know, um, because of you know because of that. Because it's like, hey, why not? Why not go up there and get it? You know. Um, but, you know, there is some back and forth. Shout out to Deuce. I hope you're doing good, man. Um, there was a little talk because Dan was saying, oh, actually, uh, Falcao, Falcao or whatever his name is, Falcao? I can't remember the guy's name. But they were saying um, Falcao became the IBF mandatory November t- 2021 before the WBA ordered um, – in April, that he they have to you know that Golovkin if he wants to keep the belt. But then Deuce did say, actually the WBA title conciliation started um, August twenty twenty one, um, and and so there is you know it's like oh that's true that's a good point, um, and he even pointed out one of his tweets saying per sources Lara has vacated the WBA regular 154 and opt to keep the WBO 160 regular title doing so Lara team asked for the WBA to, to order the fight between Lara and 160 super title holder Murata at that time. Right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I just thought it lined up well uh, off of them being both old, if that makes sense. Um, 
because they're they're both old. It's a better fight now because Lara doesn't move as much. And at least, uh, you know, I, I just think it's kind of interesting that way. But it is what it is. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe this is Golovkin's way of getting a win. And he's about to sign a, a three-fight deal with the PBC. And he is going to fight Lara. He's going to fight this dude, Lara, and then end with Charlo. I, I don't really know. You know, maybe they're not even going to go that route. He's going to win and then fight Charlo. Charlo's going to get a fight. Or maybe Charlo and Lara will fight, although, well, they're with different trainers now. So I, don't, I have no clue. I have no clue about that, to be honest with you. But that is the case uh, either way. Um, and Bob Arum did say that two seconds out, he said, I want to make the, you know, the, the, the silly Lomachenko, Devin Haney fight and then have the winner fight Shakur. That's, that's what Um, I'm hoping, you know, I am hoping, but, uh, and yeah, by the way, Glazier, just because I know people are going to be like, Oh, Glazier said, what'd he say? 75,000. And, and like, uh, John was saying that he, well, here's Woodsy's tweet. Okay. Uh, uh, you saw maybe reference to the pay-per-view numbers in the 75,000 range. He says, my guy who knows that that side of the biz said the number might be lower, like 50,000. Um, and since we're doing this, uh, Ron Cat said, your guy doesn't know what he's talking about, Mikey. Sorry. Um, and he's a fairly fun. By the way, Zach Parker, John Ryder are going to headline on November 26th at the O2 BT Sport. That is a good fight. That is a good fight. And Jared Anderson is going to fight uh, uh, Jerry Forrester on the Lopez Pedraza undercard and in uh, Jose Pedraza. And that is the official opponent for the MSG uh, card for Teofimo Lopez, even though it, I mean, everything seems, you know, destined to be him and Barboza. But for whatever reason, <laughs> um, you know, it it didn't it didn't happen. It didn't happen. But for whatever, Fury did say, you know, he's gonna fight three times in 2013. None of them with Joshua. This was on Boxing Scene. Uh, I'm gonna have three fights next year, starting in February with Usyk. And if he wants a rematch, we can have a rematch. Then someone at the back end of the year, Wilder, if he's the mandatory. Joe Joyce, Dubois, there's plenty of British beef, there you go, Matt, to go after. So, um, I mean, John, you know, people kind of been saying he's crazy for that fourth fight, but Chip Fury just said it right there. I don't know. Oh, here's some good news. Charles Conwell tweeted today, we have a date. Make sure you tune in November 26th on the Zapata program card. So I'm happy uh, by the way, Top Rank had a signing here. Vargas' son, Fernando Vargas' son, just signed. We're going to make his debut with Top Rank on uh, ESPN Plus November 12th. That's the uh, – uh, what's this kid's name again? Um, Emilio. Emiliano? I think it's Emilio. Emiliano. Yeah, Emiliano. El General, I know his nickname is. So he, he definitely uh, – Four he's signed, so that's the first one signed there. Um, <laughs> someone just sent me this not long ago. They say, sources, 
uh, is blocking Twitter. Just so you know. I've heard from a reliable source that KSI will be facing Zelani Tate next on Misfit uh, 4, the card. They're doing January 14th. The bout will be fought at a catchweight of 174. No word on rehydration clause yet. And as we know, Tay-Tay's not a big dude. So that would be crazy. February 4th, looks like this is according to Coppinger. Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall are going to – they came to terms. Now, they were supposed to fight in November, but it didn't happen. Not totally sure, but it sounds like February 4th. Um, did I say that Dillian White, uh, Jermaine Franklin is in advance uh, negotiations uh, for November 26th? Or wait, no, I think I'm confused. Oh, here's a <laughs> here's a quote from uh, Chris Eubank Sr. Connor Ben is innocent. He doesn't know how to cheat. He's a Christian. So I guess it's a Christian. Boo-boo, Demetrius Andre said, I would do to plant what he did to Darrell. All right. Okay. Sure, buddy. Uh, Michaela Meyer, this is her boxing scene as well. I won seven rounds, clearly. I saw defeat in Mom Gardner's eyes. Um, she said, I- I'm really confident that I won the fight. She was defeated. I saw it in her eyes. She was tired. She knows she lost the fight. She was shocked by the decision. She got lucky. I think the crowd believes I won the fight. I took control of the fight from the second round on. At the very least, at the very least, I won seven rounds clearly. Very least. So you're saying maybe eight? I think that's ridiculous. By the way, Box Red Gray tweet, one of the best tweets, the, the gold standard at Big Braid Nevada Commission turned down Alicia Baumgartner as an opponent for Michaela Mayer because they thought it would be it wouldn't be fair. That is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Oh, and uh, Mayweather is fighting DG. Is that DG? DG. Um, and the big, you know, controversy is it's going to be on DAZN pay per view. That'll be one of the platforms. Is it November thirteenth or something like that? And a lot of people are like, oh, look, haha. By the way, Manny Pacquiao, December tenth, KU. Is, is is that a YouTuber? I think that's on Triller Fight Club. That's an ex- exhibition. But a lot of a lot of people said, "Well, he's on his own pay per view." What what you know? I, I thought that you could. Why is he on his own pay per view? But uh, you know, to be fair though, and and I get that angle, right? I get that angle. Uh, why can't you do the Ryan Garcia, you know, uh, tank fight and do a split thing, you know? But to be fair, though, we know that over you know over there in the Middle East, Saudi and whatnot, they they it's not a sight fee as we found out, and we found that out we found that out before the second fight with Joshua and Usyk already. And based off the 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 guarantee, the reported guarantees, you kind of knew that it wasn't just a sight fee because they're just crazy numbers, right? But they buy the complete package, the broadcast and everything, and then they sell it off. So, yes, the zone pay-per-view made the biggest um, bid for the Mayweather exhibition. So that's what happened. Um, bottom line, you know what I mean? 
So, you know, they, they didn't do that for the Logan Paul fight that did, I think, over a million. They, they, they weren't able to do that. But it is kind of funny. Uh, but they, they have the worldwide rights, and they sold them out, just like – or sold them, sold them off, just like Joshua and uh, Usyk, too. The zone didn't have that in the U.K., which you thought, well, shit, you know. Um, by the way, Eddie Hearn, um, he came out and was like, oh, why don't we ask if uh, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall are doing bad body testing? Brass on this guy having an opinion on anyone's drug test besides his own company right now. And that's just Eddie Hearn to a T. Uh, but he said, all I said is I wasn't sure this fight had Fada. Great that it does. All the best. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's not exactly how you said it, actually. Um, so, yeah. That kind of, like, I understand why people went right to the zone pay-per-view thing, but it it is a little different, if I'm being honest. It is a little different. Um, what else? Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, we will, uh, we, I actually just got some messages here about Actually, you know, on the opposite, ducking the Spence Crawford and Keith Eidick. We talked a little bit about it, but um, the headline is, and like I said, I'm going to go over this minorly here. Not going to spend a bunch of time on it, just like I did with the Coppinger and some of the other Pug and uh, Dan Rayfield. You know, that that I went over the reports real quick, but um, growing concern on Spence's side that Crawford's team isn't committed to the fight. That's the headline. Okay. I didn't say that. You know, that that is the headline. Okay. It goes on to say, and it is kind of vague, just like the Coppinger had some vagueness to it where you could go either way, whether we're talking about the guaranteed money or we're talking about, you know, did did Crawford's side want to see under the hood, right? As far as the overhead and the revenue? Or did he want oversight and control over spending on the overhead, which is totally two different things. Because if you're not putting up a good chunk of the money, you're not going to be be able to say no or yes to overhead spending and what what is good marketing spending and what is not. That's just factual. So I'm just reading it straight up. It said the most recent three changes Crawford's attorney requested none of which were considered major deal points were made. He hasn't responded. However, Spence representatives, uh, yeah, he hasn't responded uh, to Spence's, they basically said it's been two weeks uh, since they sent the revised, revised contract with these supposed alleged three different changes to that Crawford, you know, Crawford's attorney requested. So, um, you know, it sounds like February 4th is the date. We already read that um, Spence's tweet. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. Could could this be them putting pressure on them? Um, Could it be that there was really just one side, you know, for the most part, as far as the detail article, one-sided reporting instead of getting the Spence side too in the article? Um, both of them are vague enough to where, hmm, we'll see. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I really don't know what's going on. I, I'm not going to put some final 
thing on a bit. Um, you could say we heard from Spence in a sense, right? Pull inside the camp in, you know, that are related to Crawford have said stuff, but Crawford himself hasn't really said it, said it. He's talked about the fight. He thinks it's going to happen next, but they haven't both come out on wax, right? They haven't put it on wax saying the fight's off. So I will not give my detailed thought process, final judgment that everybody loves to have <laughs> when it's too premature. I still think the fight's going to happen. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. But like I said, the article's vague enough on both sides, the commentary and the hiding. So long. It's been two weeks. He got the three things he wanted. They don't go into detail. You know, I didn't go into detail of the the three items. But he said that wasn't some kind of deal-breaking items. So does that mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I have no clue, and I'm not going to just randomly add on to it. By the way, right now, Floyd uh, Schofield and Daniel Rosas are fighting on the zone, and I believe Golden Boy Suit, uh, Floyd Schofield is the up-and-coming prospect that you definitely want to keep an eye on. Um, Showbox, Bally's, uh, Atlantic City Hotel and Casino is going to be, you know, it's a showbox. Actually, the main event's pretty good. Uh, the Elvis Figueroa and Isaiah Steen. I'm really looking forward to that. And the opener is Hemp Hill 14 and 0 and David Stevens 11 and 0. Oh, it, okay. My bad. It's four fights, so it is an eight rounder four fight that starts with uh, Marquise Taylor and uh, Marlon Harrington. Check out Showbox as well. Mauricio Lara on uh, Saturday on the Zone from Mexico City is fighting Jose San Martin. Um, so it's you know it's not something like I said that I'm going to break down with detail and all that. Um, I am going to check it out, you know, and I am definitely going to check it out uh, and see how he does. But I don't think you know this is a tough fight for him or anything like that. But he's a prospect on the rise. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of interested in seeing where his career goes. I think it should be, um, I think it should be interesting. I think it should be interesting. Um, hold on, what? Someone just sent me something that, what? Hold on. I, I, I have to, uh, I have to check. I have to check. I cannot. Um, I, I need. All right, so, wow, didn't see this coming. Did not see this coming. So this is all, this is, wow. Welterweight Terrence, welterweight Terrence Crawford to fight David Avenesian on December 10th. Uh, they've signed the contracts for a pay-per-view fight um, from Omaha. Um the fight will be available on BLK Prime for thirty nine ninety five. A spokesman from the streaming service told ESPN. Um, Crawford will earn a career high eight figure payday. Sources say. Um, 
Spence, he, he goes on to report, Spence and Crawford are still motivated to strike a deal, sources say, with both fighters in their primes and peaking. Um, Crawford said, I'm excited this, I'm excited about this opportunity. I was really looking forward to for the Spence fight. I started communication with the boxing ma- manager, Al Heyman, at PBC back in June. And unfortunately, uh, they represent a fighter, Errol Spence, who didn't want the fight as bad as I did. I agree of all their... I agreed to all their BS, and they've been dragging their ass for months. Spence was nowhere found while I was trying to make the deal. I explained to Al Heyman and Errol that I was going to fight before the end of the year. David Avenesian is a very tough task. Uh, He's knocked out his last six opponents. Dangerous guy. Um, Once I'm successful against Avenesian, the plan is still the same. Whoop Errol Spence's ass. Well, there you have it. Um. Wow, I did not see him. And you know, if the fight, if Spence and Crawford was able to still happen in the spring, and and Crawford could get a fight in in December, that would be fine with me. That would be fine with me, because I do like that he's getting a fight in on the surface, right? But then again, you're like. Um, okay, interesting. There we go. We we have one side of it. We have one side of it. I'm still not going to go super deep because I, I need the spent side, a full spent side, if, if possible. Um, but yeah, I did not see this coming. I did. Wow. <laughs> That's a surprise, but on one hand, it's kind of like, hmm. He's like, I'm going to get a fight in, and then we're going to fight February or March. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the February 4th, December. Think about a, a, a an eight- to ten-week camp, an eight-week camp. And I know they used to do this, they used to do that, but yeah, I get that. But I'm saying, um, wow, interesting. And that kind of makes sense now that something was leaked. Um, so he, he would fight and then have to go back in the camp pretty early if they're going to do that February 4th day. Wow, what a way to, to end the show. It's about to shut down here. Like I said, I'll, I'll wait to give my final thing because I do want to hear a little bit more from Spence and that type of thing. But wow, um, interesting, very interesting. Um, but I'll be back. Next week sometime early. Sorry about the late show this week. Like I said, life gets in the way. Enjoy. You know, hopefully we get some good action this week and just randomly something pops off. A lot of times that can happen. We'll see you next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when as you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, of the bullshit, of the whole bag, I'm going to come over.